Hello, and welcome to the Negative World Podcast, a podcast about video games by Nintendo fans and NegativeWorld.org. This is episode 98, and we're recording this on Thursday, January 19th, 2017. I'm your host, Steven, or as I'm known on the boards, Dr. Finkelstein. And with me today, as always, is my co-host, Joe. Hello there, Steven. How's it going? What's going on? Uh, a lot. Um, you haven't been under a rock, right? You don't live under a rock or anything no. near rocks, really? So then you know all I about mean, the I'm near Switch. rocks. Rocks are near all of us. I know of, of it. I've you know, heard of it. You know, of the Switch or rocks? Uh, both. Okay. But more the Switch lately. Good. Good. Well, today is the first of two planned episodes where we're going to cover everything we can about, you know, the Nintendo Switch and uh, particularly all the information that came from that event that happened last week. And a lot of things came out of the shadows. Uh, Nintendo pulled the curtain off of a lot of things while also adding a curtain to some stuff. So maybe we'll touch upon that a little bit. But anyway, each episode that we do is going to feature uh, some totally tubular guests, as I wrote in my notes. Um, but it's an appropriate way to describe these folks. Today we have Grant, or as he's known on the boards, Game Day Grant. Hadouken! <laughs> Hadouken to you too. Uh, Hadouken do? I don't know. How's how I was do not expecting you that. Do. How do you do? Uh, I'm Joe, dizzy. Joe, we can give you your obligatory moment to uh, say his nickname. GDG. There you go. That's really why I come on the podcast, just to hear that. I think we need to take the Switch trailer and just instead of that little Switch click, just put GDG. <laughs> I love that Switch click. I, it is the best. <laughs> it is very good. Uh, you know, let's let's ask uh, our other guest here. It's a longtime friend of the show, Paleo Orca, or as he's sometimes known sometimes known as Paleo Stino, or I think I'm pronouncing that right. But either way, he's Paleo. Welcome, Paleo. Thank you. I yeah, the Switch got me so hyped that I came back to a forum that I used to visit about Nintendo. Yeah, do you recall the last time you actually posted on Negative World? I. Before? think around the time Splatoon came out, maybe? Or maybe Smash. I can't remember. Splatoon is a good enough reason to get hyped over stuff. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you that. I, I tend to enjoy it on occasion, if you didn't know. Um, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, welcome. And rather and, fitting for him, too, considering his uh, affiliation with, uh, you know, the ocean and, you know, animals that live yeah. in the ocean and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, so I do love love the, uh, the style of Splatoon and all the like animal characters and stuff is really cool. Yeah. And that music is so good too. Yeah. It is. I actually, I was about to, you know, I was too distracted at work, but I thought about putting that soundtrack on today. I just needed that kind of amped up energy. And, uh, and it's then, really cool. And then work just piled on, but we won't go into that. So, uh, anyway, let's just get rolling. We have the show here broken up into three distinct sections. Um, the first one will be about the console itself and, uh, and all the different, I guess, minute details about it. And then the second and third will be based on games, kind of grouped into their own little thing here. Uh, But first, I want to get a quick, uh, I guess, kind of a baseline question uh, from you guys. Uh, We'll start with Grant, we'll go to Paleo, and then we'll go to Joe. Uh, Are you picking up the system on day one? And if so, are you going to get the gray or neon version? Uh, Yes, I am. I have it uh, pre-ordered. And uh, coming in right around the time for my birthday, so that's perfect timing. Nice. And uh, we're going with neon. Neon. I like those colors. Okay. Belia? 
Uh, yes, I'm picking it up day one. I, I pre-ordered it from Best Buy to ship to my uh, my uh, post office, and um, I got the neon one on accident because I clicked the uh, the link from Nintendo Wire Twitter, which I follow that for like Amiibo and Nintendo deals and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I I clicked the link, and it was for the neon one. But after ordering, I was like, ah, whatever. Um, because that was like right after the uh, presentation when the uh, pre-orders went up, so I just went ahead and got it. Mm. All right, and then Joe, I already know your answer, but please tell us. Yes, I have also pre-ordered the Switch, which is the first system pre-order I have ever taken part in. So not just Nintendo. And, wow. uh, oh yeah, just period. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's for um, me too. Oh, cool. I do not. <laughs> I don't know which color I got. Uh, it all happened so fast. I honestly, I don't recall being given a choice mm-hmm. so you know we'll see uh we'll see what happens when i go to uh pick, pick it up, up. Cool. i'd be fine with either so so it's, it's i don't know it's almost like you're about to have a baby and you don't know the gender of it <laughs> yeah. but uh you know honestly if you didn't get the choice you probably got defaulted to gray possibly okay okay but you can you can buy and forever extensive cost, but you can buy uh, the Neon Joy-Cons later on if you want, so you're not locked in or anything. That's true. Plus, I'm sure there's going to be... got another mortgage on your house. <laughs> yeah, I think Tom Nook is running a show over there. Yeah. <laughs> so, to answer the question myself, uh, I, uh, of course, am getting this day one. I mean, I'm always an early adopter when it comes to Nintendo, and uh, I had pre-ordered the gray one initially because the Walmart online orders were the first to go live. And then I heard reports of some people getting theirs canceled, and that made me a little weary. And I'm not really a big fan of Walmart as a corporation. So uh, when Best Buy went up, I switched to that. And they had the neon ones available, or the gray ones, and I opted for neon. So uh, I, I officially have that going on for me. Nice. You really actually did mm-hmm. switch from Walmart <laughs> yeah, to you, Best Buy. Yeah, you switched. I love Switch <laughs> so much already that I switched my Switch. Like... <laughs> Oh my gosh. Okay, so hey, let's start the uh, the first segment, shall we? Uh, let's jump right into this first segment is going to be the console and how it's played. And uh, obviously the first thing we have to discuss here is just the overall presentation. And um, this is the first like live Nintendo event we've had in a long time. Uh, I can't even remember the last time we really did this. It was, is, is it as long ago as before the Directs were a thing? Do you guys recall? Maybe. Um... I mean, I can't think of any time that we had all these all these folks on stage, you know, talking and making the same bad jokes I do, you know? Right. So, yeah, it had to have been before they stopped doing E3 and started doing the directs instead, yeah. like the digital events, I should say. Yeah. But uh, it's as far as, like, the people they had up there, did you guys recognize anybody? I This is the first time I've ever seen any of those guys. Yeah, that, yeah, that was so weird. I didn't, I didn't really recognize hardly any of them, and I kept t- turning to Amy throughout and being like, "I've never seen this person before. I've never seen this person before." <laughs> yeah, so. apparently um, one of the guys has actually been uh, like behind a lot of big uh, of uh, Nintendo's like big decisions. Like um, the I forgot the name of the guy. I'll have to look it up. But apparently he uh, developed Z targeting in um in Zelda. Uh, hmm. and also like a whole bunch of other things. Oh wow! Was that the and main? He was like he was like the main. Presenter? He was like the main presence. 
Yeah, the guy who okay, was like yeah. showing off the Joy-Con and everything. I'm talking about Koizumi. Right. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yoshiaki Koizumi. He is the uh, currently anyway the general developer producer or general development producer, and he's also the producer of Super Mario Odyssey. Oh, nice! But he was yeah he was the guy who was running around, uh, you know, showing off a lot of the stuff anyway, like the HD Rumble and all that. So uh, yeah, pretty cool. It was different. It had the same kind of goofy flair that uh, that these shows have had in the past. So very Nintendo. Yeah, yeah, very Nintendo, absolutely. Um, I mean, how do you guys? I don't, I don't necessarily want to do like a rating system like a lot of other online entertainment sources have been doing, but just, I guess let's just you know start by going in order, and eventually we'll break our our you know waiting our turn thing probably. But uh, Grant, go first, and what do you think about just how they handle this online presentation? Any you know, what? it's it's yeah, it's very weird and very Nintendo. And so I think in that aspect, um, <laughs> they nailed it. Uh, I was entertained the entire time, even though some of the stuff I wasn't completely interested in. I still liked watching it. Um, I didn't get all the details I wanted out of it, but uh, as far as a presentation and showing what makes the Switch different from everything else, I think they I think they did a pretty good job. So three and a half C plus animal stars. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I got to agree. Uh, I was definitely engaged the whole time. Like you said, there wasn't everything that I was interested in, but they moved so quickly that I didn't feel too bogged down by any particular thing. Like Shin Megami Tensei, I've never been to the series. Not that I have anything against it, just don't really know much about it. That trailer wasn't that long. I mean, the worst part of it for me was how long the uh, the pre-1-2 Switch reveal duel took. That whole slow-mo. They focused, mm-hmm. on, yeah. Yeah, they focused a lot of time on that, which... Yeah, I don't really think they needed to. <laughs> but yeah, just, I would have liked to hear even strictly, I think you're more. saying the the length of the shots on each duelist was a little yeah time consuming unnecessarily. And I'm sure that's yeah. like they set the mood and then they really they wanted to it wanted to make it like a real western. I, I just, just have long so. lingering shots. <laughs> but it definitely made me feel like they were like stretching it out, you know, like. You know, like uh, some guy off stage would do, you know, like just kind of stretch this out. We don't have, you know, we need to fill time. So I didn't really care for that. But, uh, you know, once they got through the one-two switch, things moved a bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, I did like seeing, though, uh, back to what you were saying about all the different people we saw. I really liked seeing all these people. Um, you know, not that I don't miss a lot of dearly, but uh, it was just kind of nice to see all these different people that work behind the scenes besides uh, Mr. Miyamoto. And hell, you see Bill Trennan way more than you see any of these people. So it was kind of nice to, you know, just obviously to see Kimishima, who, um, who is now the new, you know, head and face of Nintendo, but, uh, all these other people that I probably will never see again. Um, the, the wacky, uh, Hisashi Nogami, who is the Spl- Splatoon 2 producer, <laughs> who is my oh, favorite man. nerd in the world, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, you got all of those poses. <laughs> And, you know, it really makes me wonder how different it would have been if I actually understood Japanese and there was no uh, translator because that translator was not the best at all times. And, you know, given the fact that it's a live translation, I understand, you know, but... Yeah, uh, it was I just... think it was a different translator for uh, some uh, presenters. Like, I think the tra- translator for the main, like, n- first-party Nintendo presenters, uh, they, they had uh, already a script uh, yeah. given to them. But for, like, for like when Suda51 came up, 
Uh, he was just <laughs> oh, going yeah. like off the cuff, and there, he was like, that, "I that have no idea fun. what you're saying. I, you need to slow down." Fun fact: Suda Fifty One was actually translating himself on stage. Live. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it made so much sense. Um, no, I think you're right, Paleo, because uh, when I watched the pre- presentation again uh, to make these notes for our show, I did detect that there was a different voice for some of those things. But um, but okay, so uh, Joe, any thoughts about the presentation? Uh, nothing that hasn't been said. I liked it. I thought it was good. I don't. I hope they uh, stick with the uh, direct style, though. I mean, I prefer that compared to this, but sure. um, but it was fine. Yeah, well, it was, one, one, uh, it was much of... better. I was glad they didn't do any like awkward uh, stage demos or, you know, <laughs> I, I don't think anyone spoke any longer than the EA guy did. So right. um, those are the things that tend to really um, make the actual conferences uh, drag for, for me. So, right. yeah. Yeah, there were some Nintendo publications that had implied like, hey, maybe this is what's going to be the norm because it's the... 2017 presentation, maybe there's one a year, and you know, and I, I thought that was kind of crazy, but then right after that, right after the show, more or less, they announced the Fire Emblem Direct, and so obviously we're going to get those still, and that's already elapsed, actually, so uh, I think they should stick to the Directs as well, but I wouldn't mind seeing an uh, E3 presence from them again, you know, and, and then maybe augmenting a small presentation with some Directs, or, or even just... I don't well, actually, I guess I don't know. This doesn't change my mind too much on the Direct slash Treehouse stuff, because the Treehouse stuff was... I think really integral to making, I guess, well, to cleaning up the mess that they may have made with the presentation, because where, like Grant said, there wasn't necessarily all the information that should have been there. The treehouse, I think, helped smooth some of that out, or maybe dirty up some other stuff. But you know what? They, yeah, there was the uh, when when they were uh, doing uh, demoing uh, One Two Switch, the guy said it's a pack end game on the Nintendo Treehouse when it's not. Ooh. Okay. Well. Yeah. Because he <laughs> even even he thought it was a Back end game. <laughs> well, uh, wow. Yeah. So he no longer works yeah, at why Nintendo. Is, right? Why is it? Yeah. Why is it not a packing game? Is there any explanation why that wouldn't be just bundled with the system? I, you know, I don't know. Not to dive too into that, but I, I would think that um, at least wouldn't be sixty dollars. But I think it's supposed to be sixty. Oh, no, it's yeah. fifty. It's 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 fifty. But still, that I think that's too much, especially yeah. for the assets they they use for that game that don't really look that impressive. And live action tutorials, really. Yeah. I mean, to me, that feels like at most a thirty dollars game, but I haven't played it, so I guess I don't know. But it's just weird that they have a game like this and they're making you pay extra for it. When I mean, I wasn't even a big fan of Nintendo Land, but that still came with the system, and I feel like those games are a little bit more more Nintendo Land. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So Mm. it's weird that you know this non-video video game. Is being sold separately. I don't. I feel weird about it, but honestly, if they had an Nintendo yeah. Land Two, where they That'd actually just use the HD that. Rumble and all that stuff within it, and made it a bit more fun for multiplayer, especially because there's two controllers with the system, technically, that would have been a right. much better hit. I can tell you. Hey, right now. guess how many uh, Animal Crossing fruits are in your cup or whatever? Right? Oh my god! <laughs> absolutely. That right there would be better than a Mew Festival. There you go, Nintendo. That one's for free. <laughs> So, obviously, the one 2 switch though, the whole premise of that game is to show off the Joy-Con controllers and what they can do, and that's next here on our outline list here of uh, things to talk about, because the Joy-Cons were fully revealed. Uh, I don't think we really understood how much tech was in these things. We didn't know, we didn't know what was going to be, well, hell, they didn't even confirm, you know, touch on the, on the Switch itself. 
um, and a lot of different things. So we now know, uh, you know, I had some notes here. We, you know, the Joy-Cons, let me just run, run the quick list of what the hell's in these things. You've got the left Joy-Con, which has a clicky joystick, C buttons, which I think is interesting. Instead of a D-pad, there's C buttons, uh, which I guess is because of the two-player aspect. Uh, there's that screenshot and video button, uh, SN, well, SL and SR buttons, uh, primary L and R, uh, accelerometer, HD rumble, the minus button, and the right Joy-Con has the ABXY, the second joystick also clicky, an IR camera, which is more like a mini connect bar, it looks like, um, Amiibo NFC reader, home button, all the L and R buttons, uh, accelerometer, HD rumble, and plus. I mean, there's a lot in here. So, I think that's really cool. They're very expensive. What do you guys think? That is a lot of tech to shove into something so small. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of impressive. It's like two-thirds the size of a Wii remote, right? Or something like that? Yeah, it it kind of makes me understand, like, why they're charging so much because of, like, how much technology is crammed into, like, a very thin, like, piece of plastic. And, um... It, the the motion control looks a lot more advanced than anything that we ever had, um, and I'm wondering if you could uh, if they do like the virtual console with Wii games, um, if you're going to be able to use uh, those controllers without a sensor bar because of the uh, the technology in it. I guess they would have to do some new programming to get that done, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. From what I've heard, the technology for the uh, you know the pointer on the uh, on the right Joy-Con is actually vastly different than what the Wii Mode had, and yeah. so uh, from a developer standpoint, again, just from what I've heard, it's not really possible to do Wii Virtual Console without some major uh, reprogramming. So it's unlikely that would do that unless uh, you know someone specifically went out and did that, like a. Like a company like M2 that specifically went back and did retro uh, remakes for older games, right? Like which is a little, de- yeah, it's a little depressing to think that you know. I guess all the Wii and Wii U games are going to be kind of locked onto the Wii U, and then the Switch will be be uh, something completely different. So does this mean that that will or will not be able to do like pointer controls, even if it's you know, on a brand new game, will will that uh, will that controller be capable of that sort of thing, or or no? Because it's just so completely different. I think it can be used that way, but I guess time will tell if any yeah, if I any developers so. decide to use it, or if it is actually at all possible. Because that was always I found. I think a lot of people have this experience that like pointer controls for any sort of Shooter, or I mean, really any number of of games was was perhaps one of the most um, sort of like uh, solid uses of uh, of the Wii Mode aside from just you know, yeah, uh, especially with like with that. like the uh, the yeah the Metroid Prime trilogy, it, it oh, was yeah, really yeah. well with that. Is, oh yeah, and the Wii, yeah. and I don't yeah, the know the Wii edition of Resident Evil Four, best way to play. It. Oh yeah, oh, yes. Oh my goodness. And I don't know how many games of virtual rock, paper, scissors I'm going to play. So if all it does is 
it's Chet just it, it's the next paper mario is just going to be like a whole bunch of rochambeau temples <laughs> you just you just read my mind and killed my spirit <laughs> rock wario <laughs> paper mario scissors luigi there we go <laughs> well yeah i you know the pointer controls for the Wii and, and, and well, obviously the capability of the Wii U to do them uh, is really important, I think. I think it was one of the more game-changing aspects of uh, console gaming for me. And you guys talk about Metroid Prime Trilogy, and you, you know, I'm thinking about even The Conduit, which I thought was a great game because of those controls. Uh-huh. I don't think I would have liked so it nearly good. as much without it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, I'm hopeful, though, that the gyro control, the gyro is so good in the Joy-Cons, from what I can tell, that it actually could mimic it way better than the Wii Remote actually could if you didn't Yeah, that's what it. I'm thinking. Uh, like with Wii Motion Plus, you know, it wasn't the same thing. So uh, I'm not too worried about it because if you think about Splatoon, which is exactly all that is, it's just a, it's a gyro shooter, you know. Um, the, Wii, the Wii U gamepad has no sensor bar, and that works really well. And now that they've got that in the Pro Controller as well as uh, the same technology in the Joy-Cons, it seems to be working flawlessly from what they say as far as Splatoon 2 is concerned. So I think, I think it might be okay. That's a good point. Yeah. And thank God for that. I don't know who's developing, you know, mm. gyro or gyro or whatever uh, technologies out there, but they've been working <laughs> since they unveiled them for the Nintendo. So I wonder if with all that new tech as far as, like, motion controls go, I wonder if that means we'll get another uh, Skyward Sword in, like, the next Zelda, or they're going to stick with button controls. Um, Why not both? Yeah. I mean, they kind of would have to because you have your your dock mode and your undock mode, you know. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess motion controls would be hard to play, like on the bus or on a plane airplane. or something. <laughs> 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 Accidentally <laughs> punching the guy next to you. <laughs> and I guess it would look really Sorry, weird. Sorry, I really need to beat this boss. Like flexing your wrist—that's all the motion you need, you know, to get it done. Thing <laughs> that'd be kind of weird too. But I did enjoy Skyward Sword for that. I'm not gonna lie; it was engaging and. Um, as long as they have the options, I think that's the best thing. I think they just need to have the options. Because people will prefer one over the other, and you can make the most people happy that way. I believe I've heard Nintendo fans complain about having too many options, which I think is a little insane uh, in some cases. For example, when Nintendo was first developing kind of the help block for Mario, you know, that you could get a little bit of an assist. Everyone's like, oh, I can't believe they're going to do it. This is going to ruin gaming, blah, blah. For the love of God. You know, I mean, it's just it's just a helpful little option. You don't have to hit that button and, and turn gold and do whatever. And so I think this is a similar thing where it's, uh, it wouldn't hurt to have the controls, but uh, I guess it'll be a case by case basis. Um, Ruined gaming, Steven. Yeah. Never came back. Nope, never. So it sounds like we all, most of us have the neon controllers coming. Uh, Joe may or may not be. He's kind of a Schrodinger's <laughs> Joy-Con, if you will. Yeah, uh, <laughs> maybe I'll get one gray and one red or something. Who knows? But uh, do you do you, either of you guys foresee getting more controllers on the line? And uh, and if so, would you opt for the op- opposite color, or are you hoping that they come out with more colors? I mean, where do you guys see this going? Because cl- clearly they have the incentive to make colors, but uh, I was kind of surprised it was so limited right now with just a blue and a red. Yeah, I'm actually kind of surprised think... it wasn't red and green for Mario and Luigi. Yeah, but... that's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. could have like different pairs like that. You could also have one for like Peach and Daisy. Well, does that uh, have any, Mario and Waluigi? Does that have any oh, indication yeah. about? Oh well, that would be awesome actually. I still want to get those Wii remotes. 
that uh, that are like that. But um, and now forty dollars is looking pretty damn nice. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, with Pokemon, we we had the red and green in Japan to start off, and then they switched to red and blue for America. Obviously, this is not just an American console, but uh, do you think there's some sort of, I guess, emphasis to appeal to Western markets over the Japanese in that sense? Is there some sort of logic to red and blue being American or something, you know? Or am I, just pulling I never out thought of, of that. <laughs> Maybe. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, um, at least as a, as a parent, looking at these two Joy-Cons, when you take them off to play two-player games... Mm-hmm. It makes it a lot easier, especially when I have a boy and a girl. Got you know the neon blue for the boy, and then that neon red is almost kind of pinkish mm-hmm. a little bit. And so I know my daughter will like that one. And then uh, you know that way you can always say like, you know, you get this controller, you get this controller. They kind of own that the, particular color. Yeah. And uh, I think someone even mentioned it on the boards too. It's like, hey, you never confuse which. Joy-Con goes on which side of the uh, the holster, you know? You always know the right's going to be the red, and the left will always be the blue. And Well, until you buy the spares, because the left will come in the other color, and the red will come in the other color as well. Oh, no, it's all ruined now! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's no... A uh, you can You'll be able to buy them separately. I, I think they already do sell, or pre-order anyway, um, like packs of both red and both blue, stuff like that. Yeah. So, you'll be free to get all confused. We have to get more more colors then, for sure. But we'll I have think, to get great ones. I mean, as much as I hate to say this, because if you say it out loud and Nintendo hears, then it's probably chaos. But like Paleo was saying, though, I like the idea of having themed controllers based on like Waluigi and, uh, and Peach and all this kind of stuff. I mean, I loved how they looked on the Wii remotes. And I think, I mean, Gray looks very sleek. It looks very nice. And in fact, I love how the classic Switch looks. But uh, but I'm all for the goofy colors. I I've got GameCube remorse because I bought a black GameCube instead of a purple one, and I always kind of regretted it. And the spice orange uh, GameCube controller has always been one of my favorites, so I, I like some flashy color in my uh, console gaming. I'm, I'm not afraid to be on the airplane, you know, holding neon sticks and stuff like that, <laughs> waving my arms around. I don't care. <laughs> now, Stephen, keep in mind, though, that's not a purple GameCube. It's Indigo. Oh, okay. At least that's what they want you to think. So it's an Indigo lunchbox. It's an indigo lunchbox. Somebody yeah. at Nintendo's colorblind. You know, back uh, back on the presentation aspect, I thought that was a great way to introduce the console, like for a final introduction, was to go over how like it's got it's got a little bit of DNA from every console before it, and I thought that mm. was really neat. Mm-hmm. I loved I loved how it felt to get to the switch. It feels like we're culminating to some sort of awesome apex. Uh, hopefully not the peak, and then <laughs> for another downfall, but. It just felt like the Switch had had everything, and and that right there was like, yeah, I should be excited about this. It's got all that stuff, even even for stupid features like two player mode, you know. But the fact that yeah, it has a pack and second remote, I didn't even really care about it as much until I saw them put it in that perspective. You know, I think they kind of mm-hmm. had a missed opportunity there, especially for a Japanese company. I mean, they have all these different consoles that are kind of you know, all putting their you know, quote unquote DNA into this one new console. Mm-hmm. Why did they not do some kind of like Voltron mashup where like, you know, the <laughs> NES forms a leg, the Super Nintendo forms the other leg, you know, like we so all. So if you own all of them for the past for the past thirty years, you can make a switch. <laughs> and then and then Miyamoto walks on stage covered in consoles as he looks like a live version <laughs> <laughs> with like the with the Virtual Boy headset on his eyes, you know. 
Oh, which was the only console not mentioned in all that. I was really hoping <laughs> I, for. I, Red I'm going pre- to predict that they're actually actually going to mention that like sometime next year. Yeah. Because the way the Joy Cons work, I'm like that can be used for VR. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Oh for yeah, sure. yeah. Yep. I had the same. And thought. Nintendo's already talked about VR, right? So that it's not something that they're not thinking about either, too. So that's. Uh, could be something we could be looking forward to. What if the 3DS successor is some sort of VR machine that's on the go, and then you put the two consoles together and you create the ultimate VR experience? And you could also look really cool out in public, that thing on your face. You know what? That's, <laughs> that's kind of a random thought I just had. What What's stopping them from, say, they make another you know 3DS? For some, I'm, I'm in the camp where I don't quite know how they would do it properly, uh, so I'm not sure where they're going with that, but... Um, if they do make another handheld, what if you could use the Joy-Cons just with Bluetooth and you could still use those if you wanted to, you know? What's stopping them at this point? So that's kind of a, I think that's kind of a neat, you know, factor. Yeah. I'd gives, be down for it. It gives a little more uh, use out of those expensive controllers. Yeah, I like the yeah. fact that I was able to use my uh, Wiimote with the Wii U. Didn't have to buy all new controllers for the Wii U. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I don't think I bought a single Wii remote in the entire Wii U lifespan. Because I already had enough. Yep, same here. And, uh, you know, so there was the, the other controller that they mentioned, which is the Pro Controller, and we knew that was coming as well. Um, do you guys see the value in the Pro Controller? Are you going to buy one? Uh, yes. Are you, you going to buy it at launch? Do you already have it locked down, or are you going to wait a little bit? Cause there... um, I'm going to wait a little bit until the launch of that Street Fighter game, because I don't think I'm going to need it until then. But yeah, definitely do want. I need that D-pad. Yeah. Well, and I guess that's really the only difference is it's got the D-pad and it's got all the other functionality in it. You know? Yeah, it's got HD Rumble, so I I do want to get it because I I um I I want to see how it feels uh, playing Mario Kart when that comes out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. and just because it just looks really really comfortable, and from what I've heard at, at the um the New York event that people said that it feels really good. It looks super comfy. I would like to get one. I'm just afraid of how much it will cost, um, you know, if I can really justify the purchase. Because it seems like kind of a luxury, you know. Yeah, I mean, what you're giving up, I think, is you're giving up the IR, because I don't think it has that in it. Right. Um, But then you're you're gaining, uh, uh, what are you gaining? (laughs) You're gaining the comfort. (laughs) I just just said, you're gaining the comfort. Oh, the D-pad. Yeah, the D-pad. D-pad. So, it's, it's but yeah, it still has AC rumble and the and the gyro controls. Yeah, for me, I I definitely want to get one, and I definitely plan to, but I probably won't bite until Splatoon Two has its uh, release date, and I'll get one before then because there's no way I want to sit there with like two sticks and playing Splatoon. I want to have kind of as close to a Wii U experience as I'm as I'm used to, and uh, the the Pro Controller will give me that for sure. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, I'm still torn on getting Mario Kart, so Paleo makes a good point, though. That probably would feel really good to play Mario Kart with that. Yeah. Just feeling like bumps in the road. Yeah. Um, so no no easy segue from the controllers aspect of this, but let's talk about something that I don't think we're planning to talk about in the next episode. So I wanted to, I wanted to touch on this. The online services. This is probably one of those things that Grant was talking about when uh, when he said that there was not enough information about some things. Uh, they kind of dropped this whole switcheroo on us. I mean, it's it's very different. It switcheroo. Like, oh, <laughs> no pun intended that time. <laughs> but uh, but they, they really changed how things are going to happen. 
and uh, and they really they, they promised more information before launch, which is less than you know six weeks away, less than five now, or maybe five from tomorrow or something. But uh, but yeah, they, we you know we don't really know how this is going to work except for the fact that it's going to be free for a little bit and then it's going to be paid all of a sudden. We don't know how much it's going to cost. We know that there's a free game that's also limited in time. Um, what do you what do you guys think is happening here? And uh, do you think that they're going to actually pull off a good online service? Or do you think that they're already bungling it up? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we're actually going to be able to to know until like it happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, even the way they presented it there during their presentation, it was basically, I mean, exactly as Steve said, like, here's an online thing. You have to use your phone. All right, now Kimishimi's in space for some reason. <laughs> like and- we... Uh, I guess they're going to elaborate on it um, at some later date, but right now it's a huge question mark. With some base speculation, though, using your phone for matchmaking and, and voice chat and all that, how do you feel about you know this console using your smart device to have a centralized online experience? To be honest, I kind of do that already. Okay. Um, yeah, I anytime, and this happens on any of my consoles, you know, PS3, 360. I'm not on those systems all that much. So when my buddy's like, hey, you know, let's get down on some Street Fighter, he'll just text me. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we'll get online. And then I'll hop online, we'll set up a match, and then we'll either just talk on the phone or text each other back and forth. I feel like the voice on an actual phone carries better over any, uh, what do they call it, VOIP yeah. on uh, any of the councils or whatever. Um it just works. So I'm kind of used to it already, and so I'm, I'm kind of fine with it. But I, I understand why the people who use consoles to actually do the voice chat and matchmaking and everything, they've been doing it on 360 and PS3 for the better part of the decade, or even over a decade now at this point, right? So I can yeah. see how they're a little weirded out by it. But for me, that's like, oh, okay. Well, I'm basically doing that here already, so I'm, I'm, I'm cool with it. Yeah, I don't use, like, in-game voice chat for, like, anything. Um, like, I, I play a lot of Overwatch uh, on PC, and um, uh, me and my friends, we, we just use Discord to talk to each other, and it's much easier, and it's a lot better than the in-voice voice chat because it, it's just not as clear. Um, and, and But that's only just, like, talking to friends and stuff, not to, to be able to talk to strangers, but I don't really want to do that anyway, so whatever. I feel like... Yeah. You know, non-Nintendo fans overestimate how much, at least Nintendo fans, want to do that, talk to strangers. You know what I mean? I, mean, I, don't, yeah. think, I don't think that many of us have missed it. And, the, and those who have, perhaps, have been multi-console gamers. Uh, but with Splatoon, for example, only very rarely do I wish I could actually say something to my team. Otherwise, I, I'd rather they do shut the hell up and then we just, you know, play together. <laughs> me. You know, there's, there's a couple in-game commands you can use and stuff like that, but nobody even listens to that shit anyway. Uh, I think it's the games are designed well without it, and to uh, despite it may be a flaw, they're they're still designed around that flaw. Um, I actually think that uh, to your point, Grant, that a phone could be potentially a better device for getting people engaged. Because, uh, for example, as I was sitting at my computer just now um, preparing for the podcast, my Wii U decided to it turned on, you know, to let me know about some sale or whatever. Well, if yeah, I, it did that to me too. And then, like five minutes later, it turns <laughs> itself off. And if I wasn't in the room, I wouldn't have gotten that notification. I never would have known that they wanted me to go to the sale, etc. But if someone's going to do that for an invite for a game, if I'm in the other room, 
uh, I'm never going to see that. And my phone is typically on yeah. me. I mean, I do try oh, to yeah. put away more and more, but that's where I'm going to be most accessible. Yeah, like, and uh, I just thought, like, Splatfest, uh, it'll notify you when it's going on. Yeah. On your phone. Well, hell, like, uh, Peter and, um, and Mop It Up, uh, lately we've been playing a lot of uh, Splatoon, and um, we have to go to Negative World to find uh, that somebody posted in the thread and saying, hey, do you guys want to play this Friday or something? Soon we'll be able to actually specifically maybe just message each other just for that purpose without having to have each other's phone numbers or any of that stuff. We can still stay you know, somewhat anonymous to each other uh, if we want to. Um, and some people on the forums definitely want to keep it that way, but they still want to engage with us negative rollers and stuff like that. And uh, this could be a really good way to do that. And then as far yeah. as, like you said, the voice I- chat, you know, I don't really mind... Um, I'm a little concerned because my phone doesn't seem to do well. Like whenever I talk to people, and uh, and I'm on the phone, if my if my if I like try to just hold it with my shoulder, just the fact that the phone's not aimed at my mouth the right way makes it really hard for people to hear me. So I'm not entirely sure how I would be able to talk into it properly while still playing. So I don't know if there's like a microphone for it or something, but uh, I mean that could be just with my specific phone, uh, Samsung uh, S5, but. Um, but I mean that that could be a little weird. But otherwise, I think it it's not as scary as it sounds. It's just definitely funky, and they really should have shown some proof of concept or something to elaborate on it. I don't know why they decided to wait. That should have been have like a said, house thing. Have they said definitively if it will only be on smartphones? Like, would there also be some sort of a uh, you know like a Windows just like 10 a lobby on a the on the console? Mac? Well, no, no, no. Like, um, even if even if it wasn't something on the console, but if you could do this same thing through um, you know, basically access this same network through an app on your PC or your Mac or something like that. Hmm. Do you know what I mean? Just so you could, just, the reason I ask is because I know that when I was discussing it with some people last night that do not have smartphones. I mean, I know that we kind of think of like, well, how could anyone be alive in 2017 without a smartphone? But they're out there, um, and they would like to play online Nintendo games. So, do we know if there's going to be some Turn alternative? Because I also like I also just the way that I'm, you know, that my sort of life is set up right now. Um, for me, I always have a laptop or a desktop nearby and plugged in, but I don't always keep my phone sort of at arm's reach. And if I do, I, I try not to, like, you know, have to run down the battery too much. I try not to have to worry about charging it every night. So you know, this, this is not part of my routine, the way that it probably is for other people. So do we know if it will only be a smartphone app or if it is something that might also run on other systems? Short answer is... I'm pretty is, sure um, they only said... Yeah, I've been pretty sure they only said smartphones are smartphone device. Right. Yeah, that's all we've that's all we've heard so far. I mean, it doesn't mean they can't change it. I don't know that many people who develop apps for the computers, particularly um, uh, maybe PCs. I guess I don't know how that works on PCs. I know Apple has its kind of app store for its computers uh, as well, kind of like you know, very similar to the Apple uh, mobile store. But um, but yeah, I mean, I would I would really like if they did a did an app because. The way my setup is right now, my TV that I play most of my gaming on is hanging on the wall above my computer, and uh, this very nice microphone I have here for podcasting is great for uh, 
for chatting anywhere in the room, so I could definitely easily do voice chat and uh, in game. It'd be much better than the phone. If if I could actually plug this into my phone, that'd be perfect. <laughs> but I cannot. Mm. It's well, it is USB, but not the same kind of USB. Yeah, I was saying that they probably put on smart devices because you know the switch is half portable, and so yeah. while you're out and about. You know, the the Switch itself doesn't have a 3G or 4G network on itself, so you, you'd have to use your smart device, you know, to connect online. Well, you know, and I think that's another really important point to make, that uh, that's why I'm remaining skeptically optimistic here, because uh, you're exactly right. So how is Nintendo going to contact you, your friend's going to contact you, when when you're, you could be anywhere in the world with your, your Switch, and... If people, you know, people have complained about, well, what if I don't have Wi-Fi because I don't want to use my 4G? Well, if you don't have Wi-Fi, you're not going to play on the Switch anyway with your friends. So, right, it really should be a no issue. I mean, I think I think this is really why Nintendo should have had more to say about it because they really just let this little carrot that was all rotted and shit dangle in front of us <laughs> instead of having this beautiful carrot that was just grown and, and looks delicious to eat. You know, they they kind of screwed the pooch on that a little bit. But uh, I think I think our fears will yeah. be, uh, I guess, calmed in time. I hope. What do you think is the advantage of of not releasing a lot of info? Do you think that they sometimes companies do this sort of thing to sort of see what the reactions are going to be, and then maybe adjust a little bit? Absolutely. Accordingly, yeah. Not Nintendo. <laughs> they don't, of course, no. shit. But uh, no, I mean, let's be honest. They don't really. I'll, you know, but at the same time, they might just, behind the scenes. I'm saying before anything actually gets announced. I, otherwise, a, they don't. I mean, it's possible. It's certainly feasible. And I will say that um, there was an interview that Reggie had done with one of those, you know, lucky guys who does what we do, but also gets to go places and stuff. Uh, huh? He had an interview with Reggie, and Reggie was asking him questions that. Um, you know, where he's asking him kind of like, "What's your favorite?" or "What's your least?" Favorite? Like he was kind of pegging. I think. And it seemed like he had genuine interest to gauge this guy's opinion. And um, I really do think Nintendo tries to understand that. Uh, whether or not it would affect something this close to launch, though, I don't know. Because they're supposed to have online features ready in, in a matter of weeks. But, um... Yeah, they got to have it for more Mario Kart. Yeah. Uh, well, once you yeah, switch... Hopefully they're saving it. Or I don't know. Hopefully they're making all that information um, and collecting it all for a, you know another direct... And maybe yeah. they'll touch on virtual console and stuff like that at the same time. Yeah, I'm expecting something like that about like a couple weeks before launch, about like uh, eShop titles and stuff that'll be ready for launch. Yeah, yes. I think that the reason they hold things back is because they feel it honestly is better to leave, well, some some mystery because even if it's negative talk, at least we're still talking about it. Because then if if it's better than what we suspected, then we more more than likely are going to be pleased and everything. But also, uh, you know, they only have so much time to give, and I think you really don't want to give every single card because then you have people, you, you divide up the focus too much. And uh, unfortunately, I think this is just one of those cards that they decided to wait, and so we don't know. But I will say, I, I think Miiverse, just to touch on apps for a sec, because this will take us into our last topic for the segment, is uh, the Miiverse app, I think, is a pretty slick-looking app. I think it functions well for what it's supposed to do. Um, people seem to like Super Mario Run, people, uh, not just as as a game, but also again as a UI and everything and and how that game works. Um, 
the Parental Controls app, which they actually showcased a lot in a video, and we'll touch upon that in just a sec. I mean, that looks really good and really, really clean and nice. So I'm actually pretty confident that Nintendo, Nintendo could make a nice app for online matchmaking and things like that. I, I, I think a lot of people aren't like that, though, and they feel that Nintendo is going to botch it up because it's not something they're used to. But I feel like there's been a lot of resources that have gone into this behind the scenes. Yeah, how much is DNA uh, helping out with the construction of all that? I, I don't know to what capacity, but I think pretty significantly. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, they're experienced in that kind of stuff, so hopefully they're helping out a lot. Yeah. Well, have you guys seen the, the video for the Parental Controls app? Yeah, yeah and it's adorable. Yeah, and adorable is the, is the perfect word for it, because that's how I feel, too. But the app itself is really genius, the way that you can control the, the system's parental controls from the app, and the way that you can you can set timers that aren't necessarily hard stops, but then you can also uh, set the hard stop if you really want to. And actually, I, one thing I wanted to give a shout-out to that video for is they referenced that if parents know what their kids are playing, they can have better conversations with their kids. And holy crap, as, as someone who has three nephews, I don't have any kids of my own yet, but as three, three nephews who are all that age, pretty much at Baby Bowser's kind of at, you know, and slightly older. But uh, I think it's really important, and it's something that I wish my sister would do more with, uh, with her sons, is just understand what they're playing and why they're playing mm-hmm. it. You know, instead of yeah. just, instead of just being pissed off that they're addicted to some game all of a sudden, you know, like understand. I, I wish she could understand what the hell Splatoon's about. All she knows is that her, her son likes it too much, in her opinion. But I, you know, I see instead. I see my nephew play it. I see his mind tinkering and, and how he's learning strategy and he's doing all this stuff and all the positives that come from it. And you know, he still gets outside. There's a whole argument for that too. But uh, she just completely is disconnected from it. I think like a parental controls app that shows you how much your kids are playing, what games they're playing, what's their favorite game. Uh, it would tell a lot in this day and age. So I, I really give Nintendo props for that. That's why I wanted to bring it up as a point. And, uh, and in extension, I think that it means that Nintendo actually has a pretty good track record so far at making phone apps that do what they need it to do. And so I'm hopeful that the online is going to be nice because of that. It is actually pretty cool. And, you know, as a parent, I, I do like being able to keep an eye on what my kids are playing. Um, of course, with my son, the entirety of what he'd be playing is either Minecraft or Lego City Undercover. <laughs> right on. Which is fine, but I'm I'm not gonna hold anything back, man. No more Heroes Three on Switch. Go ahead and yes. play it, nine year old. Yes, <laughs> your nine year old is the first customer for Suda's new game. <laughs> I'm sure that'll go over fine with his mom. Yeah, you know, but it's it's interesting how I've heard of my nephews playing certain games, and it makes you wonder, like, where they hear about this game? What's what's in this game? Really, it sounds kind of iffy. Uh, and and I even I want to know more. So I mean. I don't think there's going to be an option for me, but it'd be nice if I could view their, their usage data myself, even not as a parent. But uh, Because I think I could learn more about my own nephews that way and connect with them, especially as, an, as a gamer, you know, who they're not in my house, so I don't get to see them playing their, their console or handheld so much. But, um, for, you know, for example, my sister bought a uh, used DS some time ago for them and didn't check what was already on the system. And, um, you know, that program that will allow you to like record voices and manipulate them and stuff. There, oh, was, yeah, yeah. there was some very sketchy sketch comedy on there uh, from some young <laughs> young teens. And um, when I found out that that was on there, I actually felt the need to do something about it. But um, but like she had no idea, you know, because she wasn't paying attention. And, and maybe an app like this would help her understand that. Like, why are they 
why are they playing the sound app so much? What's up with that? And then, like, maybe give it a listen, you know? And uh, that was pretty funny, though, I got to say. But, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, some kids got in trouble with the... Uh, I don't forget if it was the DSi or the 3DS, but they had, like, a display unit at uh, Best Buy. Uh-huh. And there were some very uh, inappropriate pictures taken with the camera app. Oh, boy. <laughs> they were just <laughs> on the demo unit. It's just like, oh, man. Wow. So, yeah, you're... You got, you got to make sure you clear that when you get a, a new a new system like that. <laughs> anyway, so um, so yeah, to, to summarize this section of the podcast, uh, I think the the presentation was pretty good, but of course, with every one of these kind of live things, there's always some missteps. Um, I think the Joy-Con controllers are really awesome. The price, just like with everyone else, is the only real sticky point. But uh, I think that there's a lot of possibility here. Uh, the online services are definitely mysterious, but I'm more hopeful than most. And that uh, their app, their their signature parental controls app, is actually pretty neat. And uh, I think we just need to be a little more patient. Anything else from you guys? I don't have time to be patient. No. <laughs> yeah, I haven't slept. I haven't slept since the presentation. <laughs> Why is it not out now? Mm-hmm. We got pretty lucky on that. Yep. I, I, to me, it's felt like a real big gift for them to be saying March this whole time and then for it to be the first three days of March. Because that could have been the 31st or anything. Yeah, that came out really quick. Yeah. That was a pretty cool move on Nintendo's part. I think that was probably the intent the whole time. Or maybe that was like their quote-unquote stretch goal. And they were, you know, as long as they made it by the (laughs) end of the month, but they were hoping for the beginning and then just worked out. But (sighs) Anyway, so yeah, very soon. Um, that means there's like only like one and a half podcasts between now and, and the, uh, <laughs> the release, right, Jeff? <laughs> That's true. But, um, no, it'll be, it'll be really exciting. And, uh, I think next, uh, let, you know, let's take a quick break cause we got to get into the games. I'm about to run my mouth on them. Uh, but the games are what it's all about. And contrary to some people's belief, there's actually quite a bit that was announced and quite a bit that's coming at launch. Um, whether or not you recognize those those names and those titles is another thing. But let's let's uh, take a quick break and then we'll get into that right after this. Welcome back, and uh, now let's jump into our second segment, The Games, Part 1. Uh, part 1, because I wanted to go over, before we hit the, the couple heavy hitters, I want to go through all these other games that Nintendo announced, and uh, there's quite a bit, believe it or not, and uh, let's start with, we kind of hit up a little bit of the 1-2-Switch thing, and we'll save maybe some of that for the next podcast, but the other flagship Joy-Con game that Nintendo unveiled as uh, something to impress us, as far as the Joy-Cons are concerned, was ARMS. New IP. New ARMS! IP. Platoon with... I laughed when I saw the title revealed. <laughs> I hope the sequel's called Legs, so I can get some arms and legs. <laughs> um, you gotta tie the Joy-Cons to your feet. <laughs> no, they'll, just, they'll just sell $45 bootstraps or something. And uh, 45 Come on, it's 75 
<laughs> Core Joy-Con <laughs> strap. Um, anyway, so ARMS is a new, I guess, fighting game? It's honestly a little hard to tell what, what the real gameplay portion of it was, because I don't think they showed it, at least not in the trailer. They didn't show a lot of activity going on. The treehouse could have been different, but I haven't had a chance to watch that yet. But arms, people are saying arms is the Splatoon of this generation with its style and its colors and its gameplay. And, uh, but obviously not a shooter, but instead a puncher. So, uh, Grant, you had specifically, I think, mentioned that you wanted to mention this. So what, what do you see about arms? What, what gets you excited about arms besides, you know, being able to wave and stuff? Yeah, well, obviously, I really like the art direction. I think the character models, at least the one or two that they really showed, uh, was actually pretty cool. I mean, they're pretty neat looking characters and toothpaste hair. Yeah, and... <laughs> I... <laughs> Crest, Mister Crest. <laughs> and, and honestly, talking about the hair though, I mean, there's even these little uh, touches they put in, like when uh, your character like throws out their their arm for a punch. Like, you can even see their hair, like, kind of whistling in the wind and, like, blowing back and everything. There's actually a lot of extra animations and details that they put into it, which is, you know, kind of typical for Nintendo anyway. But it just looked really cool. And, uh, you know, it has that Nintendo polish on it that just really few few other companies really do. It looks really nice. Um, I would say this. Definitely, yeah. It's, I mean, it's a fighting game. I mean, you're literally punching another character, and that's the entire gameplay. You're not... You know, it's, it's not a shooter. It's not a stealth thing. You're not solving puzzles. It, it's a fighter. And uh, typical Nintendo style, it's not a traditional fighter. It's something completely different. I don't think anyone else is doing anything like it. And um, I think it looks pretty cool. I, I was a little surprised, like, after seeing what the gameplay actually is, that this wasn't a uh, a punch-out game. So they could yeah, easily put in thinking. Little Mac and some punchers. Yeah. Um, and have him throwing punches up there on, you know, Glass Joe and Piston Honda and all that. But, Although, you know, like a hidden character might be kind of fun. Yeah, you know, I oh, think yeah. what I was talking with, was it you, Paleo? I was saying, like, hey, they should have, like, Dulcim in there from Street Fighter, you know, with his stretchy arms. Mm. <laughs> but, Someone uh, else uh, said Lanky from the Donkey Kong series. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, that <laughs> was you, great. wasn't it? No, it wasn't me who said it. I, uh, if I did, it was from someone else. I think, yeah, I, oh, yeah, yeah, right. You're, you agreed with it, but, uh, yeah. yeah, for sure. But, uh, yeah, I mean, totally unique kind of game. Um, gonna make good use of those Joy Cons, uh, the hands on, you know, some of those, uh, YouTube personalities. They got some hands on time with the game and they say it's fun. So, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm all for a new fun take on the fighting genre. I, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that genre. And, um, you know, with that Nintendo polish and that art style and, if it, if, it, if it does end up being a Splatoon of this generation, uh, count me in. Yeah. As long as it doesn't replace Splatoon, I'm all set. But uh, you know that oh, I'm yeah. not a big fighting guy. You know, I like Smash Bros., but I, you know, you don't see me playing Street Fighter and all that stuff in Mortal Kombat. However, I will say that what you were saying about the gyro controls and like what that aspect of this game is was very intriguing to me. I mean, you you fully move these characters more or less with gyro tilts and... and uh, you know, the way that you, if you tilt, you know, the left to the left and the right to the right, and you kind of make a V shape, it does something different than if you block by going inwards. And it's almost like, it, f- it felt like you're piloting a plane or something, you know, just moving controls around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, it was so precise in the, in the, in the commands you were giving to these characters that I feel like it could be really intense and really fun. But, uh, to me, I, I think I was just curious if there was anything more as far as special punches or, um, 
grabs, things like that, which I guess you would see in a typical fighting game. Yeah, it has like it has like grabs, um, like there's grabs, punches, and uh, there's blocks, and like it's sort of like a triangle thing with that, mm-hmm. where um, where uh, blocks will will block punches, uh, grabs will get around blocks, and and so forth, so like that. Yeah. And and for me, I just have never been that uh, that good at anticipating those kinds of things in fighting games. Like in Smash Brothers, you never see me actually playing smartly. I'm just kind of doing my thing, as good as or bad as that might be. But, Leroy uh, Jenkins. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, but Grant, I know. I, I mean, I've seen. I believe I've seen you play some some fighting games uh, in the past, and um, and I know you've got the brain for it. So. I'm pretty excited for you, uh, particularly in this particular uh, sense. But yeah, you'll, have to, you'll have to come back and let us know how this game is, because I, I feel like it's a game that I, if I was to try to sell it, I would do a horrible job at, but I feel like it's probably a game that probably will need selling, because uh, or deserves selling, I should say, because uh, it looks pretty cool. It looks very fun. I do like the aesthetic and then the style they're going for. And I love how they're really making use out of that, uh, you know, the motion, the gyro and everything. I mean, mm-hmm. I, they're even showing, I think... Might have been the treehouse, or maybe it was during the presentation. Like you throw out a punch, and even if you like kind of twist your uh, your your wrist a little bit, the punch will actually follow that curve as well. And right. from what yeah. I understand, the, the hands-on times, uh, like these uh, you know other YouTube personalities, it's actually like incredibly precise. Like you could do a forty-five degree angle or a thirty-five degree angle, and the punch will be launched accordingly. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty yeah, cool. I was looking at uh, Pro Jared's video of it, and it looks looks like pretty one to one with how how you put out the punches. Yeah, it's kind of like what we imagined the Wii would be <laughs> back in two thousand six. Yeah. This is like the full realization of it. So, besides Punch Out, do we know of any other fighting games that maybe you have some experience with? You mean Arms? Huh? No, 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 Punch Out. Oh, um, oh, Punch Out. Besides, okay. besides the Punch Out series, what other fighting games have been from that perspective of the fighter? Because to me, that seemed also kind of unique, too. Maybe yeah. it's been done a lot, but I mean, Grant, I mean, how often do you play a fighting game from there? Not often. I mean, there is, you know, there's a couple of, like, punch-out wannabes. Um, there's this uh, GBA game called Wade Hickston's Counterpunch, which is basically a, a third-party's take on punch-out. And it was actually pretty good. Um, and I guess there was kind of that was 3D Wade mode. Is a real it's, person? Uh, as <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, really? No, not really. Never really. heard. Of... Oh okay. no, no, he's not. He's not real. He's uh, for the game. It's um, but yeah, I mean, you play from the same perspective, you know, over the shoulder, uh, same as Punch Out. And then I was gonna say you kind of play from that perspective in like the three D mode in Super Street Fighter Four on three DS. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that Treasure was working on a uh, on a licensed fighting game for uh, the Bleach anime. That was originally going to be released, I think, on the original Wii. And I don't think it ever came out, though. But, yeah, no, not often. It's it's very unusual to have that kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. So, to me, that's kind of an exciting part, too. But also one that would confuse me. But uh, I think it, it almost makes it more like a shooter as well. Yeah. I think it's kind of neat. So, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's totally unique, totally Nintendo. Uh, I wasn't very surprised from that, in that sense when I saw it. 
And I think, it, it, like you, like we've said already twice or three times now, the gyro controls, I think it'll be a good example of how the Joy-Cons really can be used properly. Hopefully. Yeah. And if you don't want to, they, uh, they confirm that you don't need to use motion controls for it. So I'm, I'm more curious than how the heck that would work and still be enjoyable. Yeah. You know? So, um... Yeah, you just use the analog sticks, you know, the left analog stick for the left arm and the right one for the right arm. Okay. And then, you, can, you know, the different, uh you know, angles and everything work on the, on the analog stick as well. Huh. Well, that makes it even, again, yeah, more work. like a shooter then. It's like, uh, wow, huh. That could be different. So It's definitely different. <laughs> yeah. Joe, you have any comments on ARMS? Um, <laughs> I want to comment on one really weird thing that has, like, nothing to do with the uh, more important stuff you're talking about. These characters... Are they, they've just got big, goofy, old telephone cord arms? <laughs> like, there's not, it, they're not using, like, a, some sort of a machine, and then they have a real arm. Well, one of them is, right? is in a mech. <laughs> that I, right, I get that. But, like, is this, this is like a whole new species of fictional people? That I have so. weird goofy. I think so like none of them actually have <laughs> physical arms. I I think except for the the mech right. uh, one. This is what happens when okay. the real people in the New Donk City that are walking around touch <laughs> when, when they touch a Spring Mario power up by accident, they turn uh, into Oh my god. Uh, and they go live in the Oh, uh, deep deep okay. Nintendo lore over here. Yeah. It's all connected. <laughs> one universe. Okay. One universe. That's interesting. Cuz then I'm also wondering like I don't remember if you can see the people in the stands, but it's like, is everyone like this? Or is just <laughs> is this some sort of like mutant, you know, cockfighting or something like that? And that would have been anyway. a better name for the game. <laughs> mutant cockfighting. Cock cock <laughs> <laughs> Rated E for everyone. With gyro controls. Did we just name this episode? No. Maybe. 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 <laughs> anyway, but that's that's really all I'm wondering. I, I, I think it looks like a fun game, and I think that I would probably enjoy playing it. I just don't know if I'm going to buy it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I want to... I, I don't know what the price point for me to actually plunge in would be. So, And, and we do have to see how, like, cool. how much depth there is. Yeah, how many modes there are, stuff like that. If it's, if they're going to try to sell it at a full, yeah, yeah. you know, fifty or sixty bucks, then they have to make it worth it. Sure. Yeah, they still haven't yeah. revealed all. If the there's a... characters. Oh yeah. I yeah. can see it getting its own direction. with would... how little they showed. Yeah. It would go further with me if they have some sort of like hilarious backstory for you know why this tournament exists and. Like if the characters, if certain characters with certain relations, like say goofy things to each other before or after the fights, like stuff like that to really flesh out the sort of the, uh, the um, personalities, um, that would go a long way for me. That, yeah, that'd be cool. I figure that they will, though. I think, uh, I think they just didn't want to spend time, you know, again with game lore instead of just showing the concept and moving on. Yeah, you know, we didn't get to see all the interesting characters behind one two switch either. So, yeah, I do hope they add some personality to the arms characters because if there's one, I'm, I haven't put a lot of time into it, but uh, one of the things I was kind of a little disappointed with uh, Splatoon was that all the uh, squid kids or whatever they're called, the Inklings, Inklings, 
Yeah, they're all just generic, kind of. They don't have any personality oh, outside uh-huh. of yeah. Yep. little so? smirks and stuff. Mm. Interesting. Grant's Stephen just kicked you <laughs> off the podcast. <laughs> I don't know. If, I mean, the, I, the I, mean I like Kelly and Marie. Yeah, I like yeah. Kelly and Marie. But, uh, the Inklings themselves are just more like everybody's, like yeah. uh, I guess, avatar. In the game, where right. where the like the shop the shop owners and uh, Callie and Mary uh, are both like the 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 more personal like uh, more personalities than uh than what you're playing because what you're playing is just your avatar. Yeah, and that's yeah exactly that's important to 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 note Paleo because uh, I feel like the, those characters like when you're in the town square and everything uh, that there's a lot of personality to them because of the different clothing options and and. Their unique names and, and all that good stuff, their weapon choices, but it's because you've played with them in the matches, so you actually attribute a personality to them. But as far as an actual, like, in-game lore and, and background and everything, of course, it is limited to uh, Callie Marie and a few other small characters uh, in Splatoon, um, who are, you know, not really the main characters, per se. Um, I think that's going to be fixed with Splatoon 2, to some degree, because it sounds like that they're making the single-player mode a bit more even story heavy and then more, uh, I guess not dark, but just maybe a little more brooding and, and important than what it was. Yeah. So, uh, so that could be fixed, but I think arms really would benefit a lot from having that. And I suspect they will. I don't think that Nintendo's just going to make punching bags, you know, with squiggly arms. I think that they would have <laughs> put a little more into this. Cause I think they'd like people engaging into their games on a more, uh, I guess, distinct level, more detailed level, instead of it just being kind of a blank canvas. Um, right. The, 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 I think that's what Miis were all about. We're, we're giving a lot of personality to even an avatar, you know, instead of it just being right. a generic thing. They wanted you to have so much character in it. Of course, uh, of course, there was no story behind that, but um, but unless there's anything else to mention, I, I do want to jump to another fighter before we get to any other type of game, because uh, this one... Oh, this oh I is, thought we were talking about Splatoon 2 next, because that was revealed afterwards. Oh well, uh, let's let's save that for a little bit. If you want to talk Splatoon, we okay. can definitely talk Splatoon. I will I will make the time. But um, uh, no, there's there's a game that I, I I knew was straight to Grant's heart when I saw it. In fact, he was the only person I thought of when I saw this. But it's yes. Ultra Street Fighter Two: The Final Challengers. Yes. And now is yes. it final? Until the next one, but <laughs> until uh, Capcom says otherwise. <laughs> but this is so. This is a. It's effectively the Super Nintendo game, but on steroids, right? So it's not like it's a virtual console upgrade. It's 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 truly kind of just a remake, a remastering of the old game, but with a lot of new stuff, right? Yeah, and if you want to get really technical, it's not even a Super Nintendo game because the game this is based off of arcade. Um, it did get ported to other systems, but it skipped the Super Nintendo for some reason. No shit. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, we, got, we got Super Street Fighter 2, the new challengers, but we didn't get Super Street Fighter 2 Turbo, which is ah. what this game is based off of. Um, but I do think it's kind of interesting that they went back to Street Fighter 2 at all. And, I mean, we already got the HD remix back on Xbox 360 and PS3 back in, was it 2008 or 2009? And this, that's essentially what this game is really based off of with the new HD, you know, art style and graphics and everything like that. Um, but what's really cool about this is that the 
this particular Street Fighter game is actually the first Street Fighter, like legit Street Fighter game that's been on a Nintendo home console in literally 20 years. The last one being Street Fighter Alpha 2. It is a while um, like that, but wow. Yeah. I mean, it's been on Nintendo <laughs> systems before. Uh, they're handhelds primarily. Uh-huh. But as far as like home consoles go, the last one was Alpha 2 on the Super NES back in 96. So... Yes. Do you think this is happening because it's kind of like a handheld, or do you think that Nintendo's actually just getting better third-party support? That's actually a good question. I mean, we've heard rumors that Nintendo's been courting third parties pretty hard, so this is probably a you know a result of that. And we do know that Capcom and yeah, (laughs) this makes me think that uh, they're like doing like some kind of ritual dance to like win their affection, sending bouquet (laughs) bouquet of pick and (laughs) flowers. (laughs) <laughs> but uh this could be the result and you know maybe some of it's because it's a portable and uh capcom's seen some really good you know uh support and sales uh for their street fighter series on nintendo's handheld um but yeah it could be a little bit of both and i'm, I'm really happy to see you know street fighter really return although it's kind of funny because hey street fighter's back it's an updated version of the game we had 20 years ago. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's but, uh, pretty much what they did with Mario. <laughs> you know. Of course, yeah, all the Marios are the same. <laughs> well, but I mean, it's even been 20 years since Mario 64. So, yikes. Oh, yeah. But we did have Super Mario Sunshine in between as well. Oh, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone forgets about Mario Sunshine. No, no, I love but, Mario Sunshine. Uh, yeah, that's that's an okay game. We should talk about GameCube sometime. We will. <laughs> we will. <laughs> um, well, but I'm wondering though, is like Nintendo going out and like you know trying to get third party games on their system? Um, I'm pretty sure they were trying to shoot for Street Fighter Five, but you know Sony's got that one locked down. So I'm wondering yeah. if it's kind of like a, a silver if- medal, you know? Because right now, I'm as far as I know, Ultra Street Fighter Two. That's exclusively on Switch. Like it's not even on PC, unless I miss something. And I, I have no, no delusions that it'll stay exclusive. I don't. That's not going to happen because it's Capcom, and Capcom will love to port their games. Sure. But uh, uh, at least for the time being, at least probably for the launch window, we have a, a hardcore fighting game that's going to appeal to the you know the the the, the fighting game crowd. And it's exclusively on Switch. That's kind of a big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's why, despite yeah. not being into that, you know, franchise, I find that this is still very notable, even for me. I think this is yeah. Good news. I mean, hopefully, yeah, hopefully this means some really great stuff for other third parties. Because um, actually, another game that got announced in this genre, very stealthily announced, was uh, Arc System Works uh, Blaze Blue, or maybe Blaze Blue. But there's yeah, I, a I see Blaze Blue. Yeah, there's a Blaze Blue game coming out for Switch. And it's like Blaze Blue's never been on a Nintendo console before. There's one yeah. version that came out on 3DS, but hey, it's on it's on their console now, and that's a that's a big deal. So who knows what's gonna come of that, you know? And we know that Namco is very buddy buddy with Nintendo. You know, they had good success with Smash Brothers, co developing that. Uh this Pokemon tournament, the Pokemon fighting game. So, hey, you know, could we get a Tekken? You know, maybe a new Soul Calibur? Yeah. Something else? I was thinking I, you know, they uh, they might bring, like, uh, Marvel vs. Capcom 4 
Oh, possibly. yeah. Yeah, Marvel versus Capcom, that's never been on Nintendo system either. Until today. Right? <laughs> don't don't tease me. <laughs> Negative World exclusive announcement. Oh, yeah. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. And only. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, anyway, this is a really cool announcement. It's really good, you know, prominent third-party support. Um if it does well, it could mean more stuff from Capcom. Could be mean more from the fighting game uh, genre. You're probably gonna have to buy a pro controller or the fight stick for it to play it properly. But hey, it's still pretty cool. Well, what I liked this Street Fighter game is one of my uh, is one of the probably top three ish titles announced for Switch so far. Um. And it comes at just the perfect time because I was almost, I still do not own the original Street Fighter 2 for Super Nintendo. I have uh, the Game Boy Advance remake, which is good. It's decent. But I kind of, I don't know, I kind of wanted one of the originals for some reason. And now, and I, so I was almost going to go out and get it, but now they announced this. So now I can definitely just get this instead. Um, the only, the only thing tempering my uh, supreme hype is that it will almost de- definitely not be a physical release. Right? It's just going to be digital download. I'm going to assume only. So, but um, game looks amazing though. You know Capcom what? I never thought releasing about that. at forty though. So I'm guessing it might be physical. What? Yeah. That would be very interesting. Yeah, I kind of assumed I don't think it would have been. Charge... Yeah. Yeah, forty dollars is a lot. Unless there's a lot of modes and extra stuff they haven't told us about. Yeah. Well, doesn't it have like the original yeah. cast plus some sort of bonus cast from a later edition plus new cast character of characters? And then uh, I guess maybe there's some stages that come along with that. There might be some additional modes, I think. Um, the thing that I thought was the coolest was that it's got online multiplayer. So you know, you, I don't think you ever could play Street Fighter 2 you know, over the internet before, could you? Uh, not there on were, Nintendo yeah, system, was, but uh, PlayStation and Xbox. Yeah, there was on another. Yeah. All right. Well, then maybe it's not as cool as I thought, but still. Well, actually, what was, didn't something come out for... The Wii, you could do that. Uh, oh, oh actually, yeah, you're right. There, uh, right? The Genesis version of Super Street yes. Fighter Two. Yes. Yeah, you could play that online. Yes. Well, then this the is wasn't great, but you could do it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, point still remains. But the co-op—that's totally new. Now, the co-op in those games—is it always just Ken and Ryu, or could you co-op with? Like Chun Li and Guile, or something. Um, you know, the only co-op that I've ever known. The only co-op I've ever known in that franchise is Ken and Ryu versus M Bison, and it's like just specifically that one battle. I think. Um, but there I could, is, there could be others. I just never. Yeah, there's two modes actually in Street Fighter Alpha Three, where you could co-op with somebody. Um, it could either be two on one or two on two. Uh, it was a very specific mm. mode, though. It wasn't uh, 
wasn't something you would do normally. You actually had to, you couldn't go through arcade mode or story mode or anything like that. You had to go to, I think it was called Dramatic Battle, if I remember right. Yeah. And it was just yeah, a yeah. series of mm-hmm. fights. And yeah, you, so there, there is history that you could do that. Um, Interesting. So yeah, who knows how they're going to handle it. Street Fighter Alpha 2. 2. <laughs> Good game. Anyway, so speaking of twos, um, I'll jump back in here. Uh, Paleo, you mentioned Splatoon two. What do you yeah. say? What do you say we talk about that for a sec, if that's okay? Yeah, Splatoon two. So the other two dudes on this podcast, I think, have played zero hours of Splatoon. So they what? Can, they can honestly, if they want to get a right. beer or something, they can just take a break. Though to be um, honest, right. I only played Splatoon in like 2015, and then didn't. Uh, play it throughout the the Splatfest, which I kind of regret. I, I I liked like seeing all the uh, the the gift sets of uh, Kelly and Mary going back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but and, and I bought the uh, amiibo and everything. But I didn't just uh, I didn't play it uh, quite a, a bit. I just like the uh, I guess the aesthetic of of the uh, of the game. Um, though I, I think that's also because I just wasn't playing games that much. So I, I just wasn't playing anything really, but still I, I love Splatoon and the concept. It's really fun, and I'm wondering if they're going to do the same thing they did with the first game and like just slowly roll out uh, updates and stuff. Though it's going to start off uh, with a lot more than what the original did, if they keep a lot of the stuff that they ha- they already have. Well, I can comment on two things. Uh, one, they've already said that they will. Uh, kind of dole out in the same manner that they did before, which I think is actually pretty smart. It gives a lot of people the the proper amount of time to get kind of acquainted with certain stages, and um, yeah, and I like that it's just not all there at once, and then you never know what you know. Maybe you get hooked on the two stages, and then you don't really dabble too much. You don't really get to appreciate the uh, intricacies of certain levels and everything. Uh, develop your own strategies and all that, and um, and then the, to your other points. Uh, Oh shit! I'm trying to remember what you said. Um, a sequel of Splatoon is going to start off with a whole bunch of the stuff that was already in the first one. Ah, that's right. That's right. So because that that means it, it would start off a lot stronger than the first one. Even the first one did, even though that started off pretty strong. So that's a bit of a mystery uh, because it's. I think it's confirmed that we won't get all the stages back. For example, like they're not just going to give us all sixteen. But at the same time, we did see in one of the trailers that Array Towers was back, and it had the zip lines from the single player mode in it in a multiplayer aspect. So it's my hmm. guess is that they're going to have some of the best ones, or at least what they think are the best ones from uh, Splatoon 1, remix them to some degree, and we'll get that to start off with. Uh, but I could see them even waiting to re-reveal those later on with new features as well. But um, I think that they'll have probably an equal amount of, uh, at minimum, um, of content that they had before as far as the multiplayer goes. And then yeah. probably dole it out in the same fashion. I think that they'll really just try to recreate the magic they had in 2015. Do you think they'll do a uh, another single player campaign? Uh, I can guarantee that it is happening. I mean, just from some of the trailer shots, they have all those octolings from uh, from the single player mode. They have, oh yeah, um, yeah, a bunch of them. And there, there was even some cutscene looking stuff with like Callie and uh, or no Marie. It was the back of Marie and stuff like that. And it looked like an actual cutscene that was like a high quality like movie clip. Yeah. And so something tells me that there is some sort of epic backstory that's going to happen. And, and the number one complaint about Splatoon, because of how good of a game it is, the number one complaint is that the story mode wasn't long enough. 
for a, for a multiplayer right. game that the Steam it, But it was really good. Like it, it reminded me like a, a mashup of like Galaxy and Sunshine. Yeah. No, it was it was really fun because you get to almost be more ninja like in a uh, in single yeah. player and do some stuff that you don't normally get a chance to. It's uh, it's like. Yeah, I mean, I guess the games you reference are pretty, uh, pretty spot on. But I, I'm super excited for it. I watched uh, Game Explains 29 minute, you know, analysis trailer where they just kind of comb through uh, the treehouse footage and some other stuff, and then just make assumptions about a lot of things. But it's really fun to speculate with those those guys over there, and uh, and the video was really fantastic. And um, you know, all the new weapons, all the new clothing options. The music is nice. It's similar, but, but something new. I mean, I just love it. I'm, get, I'm getting everything I could have asked for, I think, as it looks right now. Mm. And uh, and I really hope people out there play with me, because I really love playing with Negative Rollers uh, with this game, and the sequel will be no different. And I'll have it on me. I'll play it at work. I'll take lunches to play with you guys. Yeah. And this is uh, coming out in, in uh, summer. Yeah. Which is... I- uh, which is really interesting because uh, the last one came out during the summer, and it, it really feels like a summer game. Absolutely, I think they have to make sure that happens for marketing purposes. Because I don't think this game yeah. will sell as it's weird. It's like psychological, but it won't sell as well if they don't release it in the summer. And I, that's why I say the early summer is important. I think that they're going to not necessarily mimic a May release because that's not even technically summer, I suppose. Yeah. But I would. I, I think I don't think it'll be as early as that as the last one. I think it might be July, August at the latest. I think it'll be the end of June. This is my personal feeling. Really? Yep. Wow. I think it'll be that last uh, Friday in June. That's my personal feeling because that, that technically counts as summer, and I think that they're going to need to have. Uh, well, one, I think that they will come out. Okay, here's my prediction: they'll release the game in the last weekend of June. Or I guess maybe the second or last. I got. I can look at the calendar, but either way, a week and a half later, Fourth of July Splatfest. That's why. Mm. Yeah. Splatfest around there, and then that'll get us back into all that again. So nice. That's my prediction. Hope I'm right. Either way, I'm buying it. I'll buy a Pro controller for it because I really want that kind of motion control Wii U gamepad feel. And um, I didn't touch on this back in the uh, the Wii U retrospective episode from an episode or two ago, but um, the current tally as it looks right now is I have played Splatoon for 580 hours. Wow. Since it, uh, since it released, uh, I guess, not even two years ago. So um, played it 526 times, so more than an hour on average each time. Hmm. So I, I like a little Splatoon. And <laughs> sure do. So I can't wait to completely forget about this game with Splatoon 2. Which is probably true. I probably will focus on Splatoon 2 with all its newness, but um, uh, I do hope that the Splatoon community, though, stays strong. And I think it will, because I don't think everyone's going to jump on the bandwagon right away with the Switch and everything. So I hope that both communities stay strong for quite a while. And um, and the last thing I'll say is I'm going to be preemptively disappointed, because I really don't think that they're going to bring back any of my favorite stages. There was some, uh, some polling that Nintendo did. Uh, I guess... Maybe it was last summer or something like that, but to get a feel for what stages were people's favorites, and my god, some of the ones I hated the most, or I guess liked the most, or liked the least, because uh, I like all the stages generally, but uh, my least favorites were like the ones picked. I don't understand why I'm so disaligned with uh, with the rest of the world, but 
I want some uh, <laughs> salt spray rig and some camp trigger fish to show up. But Murray Towers is a good one, so at least we got to see that. That's a win. Anyway, so uh, I'm really excited. I, I think Joe needs to try it. I'll, that'll be my piece there. Um, <laughs> just just try the damn thing. Just give it a taste. Try then, it. You'll then, like it. And then, Grant, I forget, did you actually did you buy this for like your family or your kids or something you never played, or do you not actually just own it? Um. Yeah, well, it went on sale on one of those eShop you know, flash sales or whatever yeah. they have. Yeah. And I've heard you talk it up so much, so I was like, eh, whatever. So I, I went ahead and I downloaded it. Uh, I played a little bit of it, and I'm, I'm not great at shooters, so I didn't stick with it a did lot, you, but my son seems to like it. Did you have the gyro controls on? I did. Okay. And does your son play with gyro? Um, I think so. Okay. Cause I'll tell you, to me, that's really the definitive experience. And, um, I think that, uh, well, I mean, that's just for me personally too, cause I'm just not very good at shooters when I have to use the joysticks in that manner. But, uh, my cousin, he doesn't care for Splatoon very much, but he only really got to play the single player with me, or the I guess the two player versus, you know, local, and that's not really good at all. And I guess this new Switch version, one of the benefits of that is by being able to do the LAN, you know, the local LAN with multiple systems and stuff, kind of negates that need to have the split screen, um, the split screen action. But uh, I wonder, you know what? I wonder if you can do multiplayer with two Joy Cons by themselves. Do you guys think that's possible? I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah, I don't see why not. That'd be kind of neat, right there. I guess it'd be still kind of small on the same screen, but um, that'd be pretty cool. Because we actually ended up buying a second copy of Splatoon for Erica to play in the in the house with me, so her and I could be on like and matches together. Because the single or the the two player local is just so bad in the, in the original. So, Stephen, let me ask you a question about Splatoon. Sure. Would you like or would you dislike? If in Splatoon 2, they gave the Inklings personalities rather than kind of a blank slate that you get to dress up and stuff. Um, I would probably dislike it because I think it's it's great that I get to create the character. Um, if I feel if they were given personalities, I would feel like it's choosing for me, I guess, if, that's, if that makes any sense. Um, for example, uh, in Splatoon, ever since day one, I've been playing as the female squid kid. Uh, I guess I, there's no hair choices or anything like that, or um, I guess you choose skin color. But So I picked my skin color, uh, which doesn't necessarily match my own, and I picked my um, you know gender, which obviously doesn't match my own. And, um, and you know, I was looking through all the different designs uh, for Splatoon 2, and I was thinking, okay, I think I want to play as this male squid kid, because he just, like, he spoke to me in this one, just the way he was and everything. Hmm. And if they give him their own personalities, then it's like, well, what if I don't like how, you know, what his hobbies are or some shit? Like, it changes. It, is, it doesn't give me full control, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, and actually, yeah. you know, I didn't really think about this until you just mentioned, like, them pre or I guess pre-assigning a uh, personality to these kids. Because honestly, I might not like them. I, I, their faces are very snarky. I don't. I think they'd be jerks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the other thing. I mean, there's a whole edginess to this. You know, it's like the street culture and everything. And here we can yeah. have it be like a more playful street culture. And uh, yeah, if they give them attitudes, then it's just it could be. You know, it's up to the treehouse to then to then define our experience. 
a bit more than us defining it. Yeah, I, I feel they would be very un-Nintendo personalities. You know, like, think about basically any Nintendo character. They're usually, you know, happy characters. They're pure of heart. They're, you know, out to, you know, do good in the world. And these quick kids are like, eh, whatever. You know, I feel like they have, like, New York accents or Brooklyn accents or something. Like, get off my turf. Hey, no, you get off my turf. Hey, you know, squirt each yeah. other and everything. <laughs> Yeah. So instead of instead of letting Nintendo define that, you know, that can just be how you interpret it when you don't play it. You know, and be like, ah, it's not for me. Yeah. New York Squid Kids. And from what we what we've seen in the uh, Splatoon two trailer, it seems like there's going to be a lot more to customize with these characters, like uh, because there's a lot of different hairstyles now. Mm -hmm. However, it's left to be determined if those will actually affect gameplay, because there is some footage that implied that it just kind of your your quote unquote hat or your your head feature, your headgear. Your shirt and then your shoes are what affect your actual abilities. Even though there's like pants options, I think there's different sleeve options or some or no gloves. It was gloves, and uh, and to your point, the hairstyles we've seen different hairstyles. So I think that they're going to let you aesthetically change your character even more, but only a couple of core things might uh, still affect the gameplay, which is good. I don't think I need to manage six different pieces of uh, of um, you know gear that actually affects my character. I think limiting it to three. Gives you a good amount to work with, but also doesn't make it so everyone's overpowered because they've found some magical combination. You know, so, um, but very excited for that. It's definitely, I mean, Zelda is probably still more hyped because it's so close, but the second Zelda releases and I'm diving into that, Splatoon's going to be number one. Splatoon 2 will be number one. Uh, even over Mario. I'm really excited for Mario, but I, I can't wait for Splatoon. Wow, you are so, a Splatoon fan. Yeah. And I mean, I'm really excited for Mario, but I think from what they've shown, Splatoon 2 gets me more excited. So, I know, that's crazy. Oh, actually, no, side note, there is one person I would trust to add personality to these Squid Kids. Who's that? And if this person wrote the personalities, I would be on board. And that person... 251. <laughs> the translator who translated... I was going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe that my second choice? Uh, no, um, <laughs> that, the person I would trust the most, honestly, would be Matthew Taranto. Oh, fair enough. Oh. Fair enough. He would do it with, with a, a love and care that would be, uh, unlike most others. I concur. There'd be a lot of bursting into song, though. So, as long as you're okay with that. Can we just say that a Brawl in the Family fighting game... That more or less is like Smash Brothers, but with Brawl in the Family designs, plus <laughs> musical interludes would be freaking awesome. <laughs> that would be good. A, a musical hint. Smash Brothers, more or less. <laughs> hint, hint, nudge, nudge there, Triforce Bun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, Nintendo wants to get in touch with third parties and get friendly, so sounds like uh, they need to get friendly. And it seems like they're, they're, really, they're really, really touching up uh, to uh, indies. I do feel like yes. they deserve a cut, though, if this ever happens. You heard it first. I better edit this and get it out quick. <laughs> Before the announcement. But um, So, hey, uh, going back a little bit, Splatoon 2 was kind of a big, I think to me that was a big name. That was one of their big heavy hitters for uh, for their announcements. But as we were talking about ARMS and Street Fighter 2 and Blaze Blue, they were talking about not smaller games, but just, I guess, more niche or more surprising games than maybe Splatoon is. You know, that was an obvious one. We knew that was coming from the previous trailer. And one thing that I think caught people off guard was uh, Super Bomberman R being a surprise launch title. Yeah. yeah. And I, I 
Yeah. I liked Bomberman 64 quite a bit, but I've never really been into the series. I've always kind of felt I, I should find a way in. But man, I'm excited for everyone just for this, because it's just, it's cool. I did not expect this from Nintendo. Great party game. Yeah, and that's that's why I'm so glad it's a launch title, because I'm probably going to pick it up and um, uh, take it to a convention I'm going to at the end of March, and just uh, play with my friends there. Oh yeah, that'll be awesome. And it's I am extremely excited to get this game and be terrible at it right at launch with everyone <laughs> else. Well, I what, really like Bomberman, but I'm really bad at it. That's what I'm wondering for myself is uh, is if it's worth me spending the money to have that same experience, Joe. Because uh, it, you know, I want another launch title that isn't Zelda. We can beat each other; it'll be fun. But um, I feel like I, I have the potential to enjoy it, but I've just never really played it. You know, yeah. I feel like I'm, I'm feeling like it's uh, behind. Yeah, it has a, a single player or co op um, uh, campaign mode, so that's like uh, over like 50 levels too. Really. Oh, yeah. wow, I didn't know that. That's awesome. Well, see, I could dive into that. Now, Bomberman 64, not to digress into the old school, but um, was there anything different about that game from typical Bombermans? Because I remember really getting into that game when I rented it from Blockbuster. Well, the main thing is that the uh, the story mode was, like, very, very different compared to other uh, Bombermans as far as, like, the 2D ones. And also the uh, the um, the multiplayer mode was, like, more of a, in a, like a 3D perspective. When barmans are traditionally top down, uh, right. which this uh, Super Barman R looks like, it's going to, it's going back to um, like t- the top down look for the multiplayer mode. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that's why a lot of people don't really like Barman sixty four is because it, it's not top down. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it personally because I, I played a lot when I had it. But uh, yeah, Super Barman R does look really good and like return to form, especially because people. Thought Barman was dead uh, since like Hudson Soft was like bought. Well, you know, and this isn't since it's not a Nintendo property, you know, specifically. Um, but I feel like this this premise still kind of hopefully rings true throughout uh, the entire Switch lifetime. But Kimishima, I believe, was quoted as saying something along the lines of, "You know, we've we've got all these franchises with Nintendo. Why aren't we using them?" And so hopefully we see things like F-Zero or more Metroid, Bomberman, all these things that we just haven't heard Star from. Tropics. Star Tropics, you know. <laughs> um, but seriously, I mean, yes. Star Tropics is a beloved uh, set of games, and um, why not? I mean, new IPs are important, but I think you could almost consider some old franchises that have been not touched in years as a new IP yeah. to some degree. Yeah, Nintendo has, like, so many franchises on their back burner, they could just create just that. Yeah. So I, bring back Mock Rider. Sure. Yeah. Not, you know. So I they wonder, can use the, 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 those new gyro controls. So I exactly. If, um, Be perfect. I wonder if Super Bomberman R was some sort of response to that, to some degree, because it, it's not announced for any other systems, is it? Nope, it's an exclusive. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like that's an inkling. Uh, not to make a Splatoon joke, but I think that's a, ah. that's an inkling of um, of what Kimishima was saying. That's just me. You know, I'm wondering, too, if Nintendo really is courting these third parties like this. I'm wondering if we're going to see any Nintendo characters in Super Bomberman art. Hmm. That'd be the bomb. Specifically, Wario, because he's had that crossover game before with Bomberman. So I'm wondering if they will make a nod to that or if we'll actually see Wario come back. That'd be kind of cool. Imagine Wario using the bombs. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, this, I think he did. He use the bombs. Did, did you guys ever play Wario Blast? No, no. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a super not a super, but a, it's a Bomberman and Wario uh, crossover game on the original Game Boy. Um, so I wonder, yeah, I wonder if this game will reference that at all. It'd be kind of cool hmm. and kind of secure this game as an exclusive. Right, it's got Nintendo property in there. Yeah, I I was watching the treehouse of it, and it looks really fun. Um, I'm definitely going to get it, and it's releasing at like fifty fifty bucks. Forty. Um, no, it's oh, fifty. No, no. Forty with um, the discounts yeah. that are out there. Right yeah, now. forty with the discounts. So if you have like Amazon Prime or like the Best Buy um, Gamers Club thing, you'll get you can get it for forty. Uh, but still, I thought I was going to release it at forty, not fifty. But well, it's over time; it'll go down. That's the premise of uh, Nintendo right now: is everything should be cheaper. <laughs> It's like the one big theme. <laughs> but, um, I would gladly pay fifty for that. I don't even doesn't even bother me. I'm just so happy to to have it. I don't know. It just looks yeah, good. Honestly, if it was one like, do you remember Bomberman Blast? I think it was on WiiWare. No, I think that's what I it was would, called. I didn't even know there was that's a Bomberman okay. on. Well, WiiWare. so it was kind of that's a awesome. yeah. Yeah, so it was it was like a very very bare bones Bomberman game, and uh, like it was really really focused on multiplayer. I'm not even sh- totally sure if there was a single player, um, but so something like that that was truly like, you know, like a download only. Can't really charge more than ten or twelve bucks for it. You know, something like that. I I would be, I would be upset if they were trying to charge fifty. For, for something like that, but um, but this looks like a really kind of uh, you know as deep an experience as as you can have for Bomberman. You know, I know they had some of those Bomberman games. I own some of them where you uh, where it's almost like a uh, full kind of uh, adventure game almost, and you're not on a little grid and everything. But uh, but aside from that, I'd say this is about as as deep an experience as Bomberman should be. So I I think the price sounds fine. Good deal. So let's move over to uh, another uh, series that was announced. And um, this one I don't think was – maybe it was just a rumor until last Thursday. But um, fans of the Warriors series or Hyrule Warriors or any of those Warriors games. uh, Dynasty Warriors. Dynasty Warriors, thank you. um, And Fire Emblem. We'll be happy to hear that there's going to be a Fire Emblem Warriors game, which uh, I think makes sense. I don't think it'll suck me in because Hyrule Warriors really, really needed the Zelda aesthetic to get me into it, and I had a lot of fun. But I don't think I would dive in when I don't really care that much about Final uh, or Fire Emblem. But uh, are you guys uh, excited for Fire Emblem Warriors or any of the Fire Emblem games that were announced in yesterday's uh, direct, for that matter? Yeah, you know, I'm 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 on board. Um, I I kind of liked those um, you know button mashers. I wasn't really into them until recently. But just being able to go in there and just mow down enemies left and right, there's some kind of like simplistic uh, fun just out of that, just butt mashing and mindlessly just do, doing it's that. Good, yeah, good mindless fun. Yeah. I mean, there's some strategy to it here and there, but for the most part, you are butt mashing. Um, and one of the things I'm kind of looking forward to, and I hope this new Warriors game touches on it, is that even like Hyrule Warriors didn't really have that much of a story, at least not much that I played. 
But one of the like crowning achievements of Fire Emblem, you know, the series proper is, you know, this great, you know, epic long story, all these different personalities and all these like, you know, 40 to 50 different characters. If they're able to implement all of that into this Warriors game, it could make for a pretty engaging game. Hopefully. Yeah, I uh, I only recently got um, Hyrule Warriors like this past uh, Christmas, and I, I started playing it since I've been playing a lot of Zelda games before um, Zelda releases. And uh, it's the first Warriors game I've actually played, and I've always heard that the uh, the gameplay is pretty repetitive, and yeah, it's pretty repetitive. So that kind of turns me off to the uh, to the game series, um, just because of how repetitive it, it is, but. I mean, it's fun enough just to like pick up and play a little bit, and then uh, because but I I don't think I could play it for too long. That's the thing. Yeah, it's, it's like little bits, kind of like um, it's the video game equivalent of popcorn. <laughs> a little bit at a time, you know. I played, it's interesting too because yeah. not only is it coming to Switch, but there's even a there's a new 3ds yeah, version of new, it. New new 3ds well. version. So um, yeah. hey, you get two options to play it on the go. I did not hear that yet. But, um... Yeah. Well, cool. So, uh, Fire Emblem in general has just become more and more popular in the States, hasn't it? Yeah, Nintendo's leaning really, really hard on that on that franchise. Yeah. I mean, I guess it must sell Which, well enough. Yeah, and it does. It's I, it, it did pick up a lot of popularity, uh, I think mostly with Awakening, which is ironically it was supposed to be like their last game in the series <laughs> like ever yeah. and it became a huge hit they got like, rid of that permadeath okay. and I think that made a big deal yeah yeah you know the easy mode the casual <laughs> mode the think mode <laughs> game uh, guy grant does not approve <laughs> phoenix mode <laughs> <laughs> well hey so uh there's a few more items in this kind of category. Why don't we just kind of whiz through this stuff because uh, then we'll take a quick break and we'll get into some meat and potatoes uh, and some of the bigger games. But um, and actually, <laughs> no offense to, to Matthew if you're listening, but um, Dragon Quest is the top of this thing. I want to just kind of run through really quick. I don't know how much he likes Dragon Quest, but uh, uh, as far as like other surprise things that came out of this this presentation and just all this news is um, you know Dragon Quest. Uh, in Japan, it's not confirmed for America yeah. yet. But they have um, like Dragon Quest Heroes as like a launch title in Japan. Oh, it's launched too, huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Huh. Well, I I would think it would come over here. I mean, Dragon Quest is pretty yeah, I mean, damn popular, right? I guess. I not as popular as in, in Japan, though. No, no, but, it's um, insane in there. Yeah. Still, we can import it now. Now that the uh, switch is region free, I don't how think did, we talked about that. No, how did that not come up yet? Yeah, that's is that big for you guys, Grant? Uh, is that important to you? Um, it's it's cool. I haven't imported anything in a long time. But will you? Um, you know what? Honestly, if something comes up, I mean, it happened with the original DS when stuff like you know, Jump Ultimate Stars and uh. You know, the last window when that stuff didn't make it all the way over here to the States. I imported a couple of things, but, uh, you know, even with all the stuff we get localized, my backlog is so ridiculous. I don't know if it's smart for me to to import anything anymore anyways. But, hey, it doesn't hurt, though. It's definitely a plus. 
and Paleo? Do you see yourself using it at all? Uh, the the reason free yeah. um, aspect of it, um, maybe uh, probably for games that might be released in like Europe that are, are localized over there. Yeah. Um, just because I, I I might get some games that are Japan only, only if it doesn't really require a lot of reading. Like I'll probably won't like import any RPGs or anything because what if I, it I comes with read like, it. A, like a dictionary, <laughs> like a translation. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, no, I do have a friend that knows Japanese, though, he, so he can just, like, translate as I play the game. <laughs> I still have a pretty vague memory of the alphabet and, and, and some of the words and everything, so it was kind of funny. I felt proud of myself, which this is not anything to be proud of, but uh, I was watching another Game Explained video from today about um, that leaked screenshot of the UI, and uh, and underneath one of the buttons it says, uh, Game Ustart, or, um, no, no, Game U, uh, oh, Game Nuzu or whatever. Um, and I was like, oh, that says game news, you know, and, um, but it's all in Katakana, and so I just felt special that I could read that still, that I, my brain remembers what those characters look like, and, and then, uh, Hajime Aru or whatever, which is start, you know, so I felt kind of good that I could read a couple things on that screen, but, um, nice. but yeah, I'm not going to be buying a Japanese Scrabble anytime soon. <laughs> but, uh, I, at least this will prevent, like, a project rainfall from having to, to even exist, you know, or Operation Rainfall. Exactly, but, yes. Thankfully, we don't have to deal with that anymore. And it's not on our list to ch- talk about, but Xenoblade 2, the fact that that's announced already for you know the world in 2017, um, you know, it seems like we won't really have that problem so much. Uh, I don't think Nintendo of America is interested in getting into that kind of debacle again. And they yeah, the value of especially. Stuff like that. So, so actually, in a I'm way, just really excited to have the option for some of these games. Yeah. Like, because yeah. sometimes there's a game where, especially if it's like, let's say it's like we've had installments one, two, and three in a franchise, and then we get five, but four never made it. You know, like it would be nice in those situations. Like even if I could barely understand what was going on, I think it'd be nice to, to have the ability to stumble through. So, um, yeah, so I'm very, I'm very excited about. It. I don't know how much I'll take advantage of it, but. Um, certainly, like if uh, if Dragon Quest ten or eleven doesn't come over here, like I guess especially ten because we haven't gotten the chance to play that, and I don't know how that would work because I know that's supposed to be kind of like an MMO or something like that. But um, just hold up your Google I would Translate really... app on your phone, which is going to be with you anyway. That's true. But, uh, you could just translate everything right there. But let's just say if that's my only option, I will probably be taking a stab at it. So. Yeah, I'm glad to have that. I feel like it'll be a nice selling point for all the anime fans out there, because um, there's yeah, some people that are like they're... really into Japanese culture, and even there's another forum that I visit, and this guy was getting really upset about games like Xenoblade Chronicles X and uh, you know Bravely Second, where they like not necessarily censor, but you know they localized, you know, oh this character got aged up because. Dressing up a 13-year-old in a skimpy bikini was, you know, that's not going to jive with a Western audience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and there's a, another character's costume that was, you know, a Native American costume, but they changed it to a cowboy because reasons. Yeah. Those kind of people that can hit, oh, hey, you know, I want to see, you know, Tarja's butt, you know, in Fire Emblem Awakening. Hey, now I can import that. I want to see Tarja's butt. <laughs> well, everybody does, yeah. you know, but hey. <laughs> that should be one of their ad campaigns. <laughs> The next match for the see Tharger's butt <laughs> with region three. Yeah. Get all your butt yeah. right here. Import it. 
It'll be a, it'll be an eShop category. Foreign asses. <laughs> well, you know, actually, what, speaking about that, though, I think the eShop is still uh, region locked. It's only the yeah. physical physical carts that are region free. Sure. Interesting. Which, um, you know, I don't know if that would affect me either way. I don't, I mean, it, region, region free is actually one of those things that I've always wanted really bad for Nintendo, but I don't know why. Because I don't think I would ever really use it. Like we're saying now, you know, there's not a lot of instances instances where we would use it, but uh, it just seems like something we should have, you know, hashtag freedom or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah. um, so I'm glad we have Definitely it now. But I mean, freedom. with the eShop, you know, if, if that is region locked, I mean, I don't know. I think there's maybe there's a reason for it. I, I don't really think it'll be too big of a deal. Um, the only time it would ruin my fun is if there's a gift Pia two and it's still and it's eShop only that I'm fucked because. I, mean, I never got to play the original, and I won't be able to play the sequel. You guys know what that game is? No. Yeah. I've heard of it. I don't even know what you said. Gift Pia. Gift you should Pia? look it up. Yeah. Gift I wanted Pia? it so bad, man. It sounded so cool. And, Just, uh, it was almost Nintendo's first foray into, like, uh online social game. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, never came to the West. It was almost like a, GameCube. a story-based Animal Crossing. In a sense, yeah, like that. Instead of you doing day to day chores, it was actually like a story. Like you'd work through like an RPG, but um, but it had like a social villager kind of aspect to it, and uh, yeah, and the music was great. But uh, but yeah, nice. it was J- Japan only, unfortunately. Anyway, uh, all our dreams of importing Doshin the Giant and Gifpia and Captain Rainbow, yeah, yeah, they can um, finally come true. So, Dragon Quest, um, Puyo Puyo Tetris, uh, Very cool. Project Octopath Traveler, we, we had on looks our list awesome. of things to mention. That does yeah, look that awesome. That thing looks good. It looks really cool. So that's well, Square Enix. Oh, I love the name. Yeah, it's Square Enix. It is Square Enix. Yeah. I, I love the name. And, and Square Enix's, uh, you know, naming conventions lately, you know, Bravely Default, I Am Setsuna, you know, Final Fantasy Brave X. Vios or whatever it's called. Yeah. <laughs> Octopath Traveler, easily the best one so far. I hope they never change it. Yeah. Um but one one thing I mentioned in the uh, video I did about my hopes and concerns for the system is that uh one of my hopes is that this is going to be a really good console for RPGs uh or JRPGs. And I really hope it continues to 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 be like that from what we've seen so far. Yeah, it's got a great start so far. Because like I am Setsuna is coming out too. Yeah, from what I hear, that's a lot like yeah. From what I hear, that's a lot like Chrono Trigger, and I love Chrono Trigger. Agreed, best game ever. I don't know if I've met anyone who doesn't like Chrono Trigger. To be honest, I've met people who haven't played it, but people who don't like it. Yeah, not sure. Um, what else? Uh, You know, back in the Puyo Puyo Tetris, I think I do want to look into that because it's two great puzzle games in one. I guess I just got to know how they really interact and if that's really anything special or not. But um, I have here Sega's dedication, uh, which I guess they I didn't show play. anything. Well, I know that was that was weird. They they had a guy pop in though, didn't they? Did they have a guy? Yeah, they had a guy pop in, but didn't show anything. He was a cool looking guy. <laughs> so like, but well, yeah, what do you think that really means to have have him just kind of say hello and not really? I mean, because Sonic Mania even was. Um, found out to be a Switch title now, you know? Which, that game looks yeah. really cool. 
But uh, was that mentioned during the show? I don't think so. Uh, no, they, he don't didn't talk about it. He didn't talk even talk about um, Project Sonic uh, 2017, which is also coming to it. Yeah. So I don't know. That was a little peculiar. Um, but Sega. not as not as peculiar as 251's whole thing. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Apparently, there was a um, an official translation to what he was doing, and uh, which just sounded like that... Tasmanian Devil in Japanese. <laughs> yeah, but apparently he was saying that, that like Travis Touchdown is coming back in a new game, but like not necessarily No More Heroes, but like with this, some other like indie developer and with like an indie character, and he hasn't really said like what it is yet. So that's very vague. Okay. So I might like... not be No More Heroes three, but just something with Travis Touchdown in it. It just sounds like Runbo DLC to me. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I really want that No More Heroes three. I gotta say, I don't, me not, too. Mm-hmm. Well, the meantime, you not as uh, <laughs> no, not the same thing. <laughs> I, I would I would not be nearly as excited. I would lose I would lose a lot of hype if uh, if this is you know just like I don't even know what like fluidity guest starring Travis Touchdown or something like that. <laughs> Nothing against Fluidity. But, Fluidity's great. You know, yeah. Fluidity is great. Runner I completely forgot game. about that game. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see a new Fluidity. I was just trying to reach Switch. for something. <laughs> I didn't, I never but it would control sequel. great with those Joy-Cons. It would. It, it really would. would. Yeah. Seriously. It would. I was, yeah. I, I smell a new Project anyway. Rainfall. Or Operation Rainfall. Um, you can feel how much water is in the uh, in the tank inside your controller. Uh, if there's any ice cubes in that controller. By the way, did you guys hear that? Like in that milk game, supposedly, as you squeeze, Good sour. you can, you can like, feel, feel the milk coming out. Yeah, supposedly, that's that's that a level like, of detail. I don't. Was know that like a, a back room demo somewhere? That was kind of a dark room. <laughs> no, it was on Treehouse. Uh, maybe outside of the, Put on the this venue. Thing. Oh, looks like we lost uh, Grant there. So, uh, you know, due to time and everything, and, and how about we just take a quick break? We'll get Grant back on the call, and then we'll talk about Mario and Zelda. Be right back. We're back, and uh, so we got a limited amount of time here to, uh, to kind of wrap the show up, but we couldn't end the show without talking about two heavy hitters, uh, Mario and Zelda. Uh, Paleo, I'll let you choose. What do we talk about first? Uh, let's talk about Mario first. Okay, Super Mario Odyssey. This was uh, a pretty obvious reveal. You know, we had seen a little bit of it, but um, but they kind of blew the doors off it, right? So, uh, uh, you know, mainly I want to hear, what do you think? What do you think? Well, Mario, um, it was kind of weird when it was revealed because they're like, oh, it's a city. What is this? Uh, and then Mario comes out, and, and the first thing I thought was Sonic Adventure, um, just seeing Mario with all the people. Um, but then 
but then he goes to all these other weird-looking worlds. We saw that one world that we saw in the first uh, trailer of the Switch um, that looks like um, uh, Mexico-inspired. And then um, some other really weird ones with, like, fork people and uh, this big uh, forest with giant, like, sequoias and stuff. So it it really feels like a return to the Mario 64 type of game. Mm-hmm. And I really love that because I, I missed a game uh, like that. Yeah, you know, I think I think they, that's really all they're trying to channel is the Super Mario 64 aspect. And, you know, one thing that i got to say, I just got to get this in here because I was thinking about it today, and I think a lot of people are hating on the fact that uh, it, the people in New Donk City look so weird, right, with Mario there, because obviously... Yeah, New human. Donk City. But the, the thing to me is Super Mario Odyssey appears to be Mario flying around some planet, going world to world, and so to me, I don't know, I just feel like he's almost traveling through funky place to funky place. And so I don't see why he has to look anything like the people or why the people have to look like him. Like new Donk city is some sort of parallel universe version of New York city. So why can't the people look different than him? You know, just like everything else to me. And actually, I think once we see the game and realize that every level is that crazy different from each other, uh, it's going to feel way more at home. I think new Donk city is going to be like the, the hub world. Um, okay. And then, yeah, that, that's that's what uh, it seemed to imply to me, at least. Huh. Um, and then um, everything else is the stuff that you got to travel to, and um, it, it it's funny because I saw this uh, thread where somebody said, uh, like, so <laughs> uh, they posted a um, picture of Mario beside one of the uh, the the new New Donk City humans, and said, "So Mario isn't human?" And then somebody replied, "Says no, he's Italian." <laughs> is that wow. mildly, mildly ethnically racist? Or I take offense to the best. <laughs> Interesting. So, um, uh, yeah, where do you go from there? But um, I think there's a references in New Donk City. Yeah, yeah, they know. have like the street, the street names, and like uh, there's like Diddy Cafe and Dixie Street. Did you guys all catch yeah, that before yeah. they actually revealed Mario? Like, I mean, the second I said New Donk City, and then I saw Dixie Street or whatever it said, I was like, "Oh, this is this has got to yep. be Mario or something." I yeah. thought it would be some Donkey Kong games based on that, right? I mean, they first showed that City. Make... I thought it was more Splatoon. Mm. I can see that. Yeah, especially with those billboards that have the uh, the hat that looks very Splatoon. Oh yeah. What gets me, true. what gets me most excited about this game, uh, that that level particularly, is just when when he's climbed up all the way to the top, and they've even said in like the treehouse or whatever it was that uh, you can go to the top of these buildings and you can jump off, you know, and you can so you have such free. It's roaming. like an Assassin's Creed. <laughs> Mario Assassin's Creed. <laughs> and I just love, I love the fact that we're going to be able to explore. And I actually, it seems in this particular level anyway, very vertical, and I feel like that to me is a bit. Yeah. Uh, Almost sunshine like because there was a few levels in there that really were like uh, uh, what's the one? Uh, it's the it's the it was the bay in Mario Sunshine where the water was poisonous for a bit. You guys, remember what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, Don't I, I know what you're talking about. Is, is yeah, and uh, and like it kind of reminded me of that for some weird reason, like an industrial version of that. But uh, I, I just I remember getting up to the top of that level in Sunshine and just looking around and just seeing how beautiful it all looked and amazing it was. And uh, now that when Mario does the uh, you know he the high dive, we'll get a different result when he gets to the bottom. You know, 
be like more of a Mamma Mia kind of situation. Oh, that got dark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'll have a chance to Mamma Mia, but uh, it looks very cool, though. I love all the little flares, like the question mark block, uh, street signs and stuff. How many levels do you guys think this is going to have? Fifteen. At least two. Seven. At least two. Well, we've seen <laughs> we've seen like five or six, right? Do you think it'll have as many as uh, Mario sixty four, which was like fifteen? Uh, I would yeah, think that it would because it's not yeah. an odyssey. Otherwise, you know, it's like yeah, that the name implies this very grand scope. So yeah, if it's only a few levels, I, I would like I, not, I would guess on the high side. If it's, if it's only a few levels, it's not a Super Mario Odyssey. It's Super Mario a short trip. <laughs> a yeah. jaunty weekend stroll. Yeah. How many galaxies were in Mario Galaxy? Uh, many. Like, wow. There were a lot. Yeah, there was probably, like, at least... Hmm, I can't even, I can't even tell you a number. There was, like, at least six or seven per, like, area. Per world, so to speak, or whatever. And there was just tons of those, too. So there's probably, like, upwards like, 50. With all, like, the... Odyssey is in, uh, in part of Although those were a little bit more constrained, you know what I mean? So I feel like since... Yeah, they were more linear. I can see them grouping stuff together. Uh, but, right. for example, Ukulele, which is hopefully coming to Switch, um, their their intent is to have more or less five main worlds or something like that, but then they expand and they grow. So maybe it'll be maybe like that where you know, we'll have these pretty big hub worlds that may, may not be as many as 50, but um, a good amount of these worlds that actually maybe maybe they can grow later on or you can come back to. They do have it listed as for for Switch, um, like re- releasing worldwide April April 11th. But I don't know if that's going to be also worldwide for Switch. Okay, because I've been if, if that's that's the case, Ukulele is like one of the early launch window games. Yeah, I I'm pretty sure that's not going to happen because I feel like they would have announced that by now because to get people yeah. excited for it, but. Um, I mean, I guess I, I, I'm hopeful for it, uh, not to divert to that really quick, but um, I did not know it was confirmed for Switch yet, though. So that's good that, that that's shown up somewhere. I've been harassing them on Twitter quite a bit. Yeah. But, uh, but Mario Odyssey, so what do you guys want to see out of this? Do you want to see um, any other playable characters besides Mario? Do you think that's possible? Do you think there's any sort of co-op, or do you think it's going to be a strictly... I think there might be co-op, just because they... Um... They showed in the first Switch Switch trailer that uh, the the woman went to uh, her friends on the rooftop and then was playing the game with her friends. You never see her switch games, so there's no reason to indicate that she did switch games. And there she is playing multiplayer, right? So that yeah. is uh, that's yeah, that's a kind of a clever perception, I think. Well done, Karen. <laughs> um, do you guys plan on taking this to the rooftops to play? I'll probably fall off mine. I, I think that's where you're supposed to play your Switch. <laughs> Depends on the angle. Of the if I go on my roof, there's too much moss. I'll just slip off. Oh, my garage is like that. i got to deal with that. But, uh, yeah. So, I feel like there's there should be more to talk about with Mario, to be honest. I feel like we've... I guess there's not that much to, to, will, to see. Will Yoshi be in it? Will Yoshi be in it? Ooh. At the top of the... Uh, the tower when you reach it after you get all the stars. I hope the wing cap or raccoon suit shows up. 
so you did, can fly. Did we see any power ups at all? No, we just saw the uh, the hat thing where he can throw his hat. Which seems like kind of the standard. That's probably all the time, you know. You'd think, right? yeah. But actually, they did make a big emphasis on hats. I mean, Bowser's got his hat. He throws it like, uh, what's his yeah. name from uh, the Bond movie? Oh, odd job. Odd job. Oh, odd <laughs> he job. A, he pulled an odd job, and uh, yeah, I think that'll be interesting. I actually am pretty excited for that. And I think there was even like a hat shop that was noticed somewhere um, in one of the one of the clips in the background. So there seems to be an emphasis on hats. Which is cool because in Mario sixty four that was one of the fun parts of it was that those are how the power ups were kind of done. Yeah, getting all the getting all the hats. Yeah, and then uh, the fact that you could lose your hat too on occasion and stuff like that. Yeah, it was just kind of neat. So um, I guess that coming into play, and I think I think a flying one's absolutely necessary. I mean, it doesn't have to be a red star like we got in Mario Galaxy where you could just kind of freely fly around the hub world, but. Uh, it would be it would be cool to actually it would be kind of cool to go back to Mario sixty four flying because that actually took some skill to to manage. It was kind of like the cape, yeah. In uh, in Mario World, you could use the gyro controls for that. There you go. Mm. Mario's a plane all of a sudden, more or less. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I will say I think that the locations that we've seen so far are surprisingly new, like surprisingly novel, like. Just when yeah. you thought that there were no more new places you could stick Mario in and have him jump around. Um, like, particularly that wooded area. I don't know what it is about it exactly. There's just something aesthetically that makes it feel like this is somewhere we have not seen Mario traipse around in before. Or maybe we uh, have. And stuff like that matters to me. So Maybe it's an illusion. A forest of illusion. It, maybe. it reminded me of the, uh, the, the forest uh, world in Donkey Kong Country. Um, in Country Returns, or like the Super no, uh, Nintendo the original. one, or what? Yeah, in, in yeah. Super Nintendo. Okay. I'm not as familiar with that one. Yeah, being yeah. that game, I don't recall exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's just like the uh, like I think it's the third world where it, it has the uh, the big trees that you jump on. Hmm. Got it. Well, oh tre- yeah, tree top down. Yeah, yeah. I do agree with you, Joe, as far as how unique these things look. I think, uh, I mean, the you know, the kind of Day of the Dead town looks really cool. And now that we got to see more of that, but there's, there's a mysterious desert where you can ride a, like a lion statue, which a lot yeah, of Sphinx. folks, yeah, the Sphinx. And you can, and a lot of people reference that as to, uh, the Super Mario Land character, the enemy. Which, oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's any link to that, but, um, that'd be kind of neat. If there's some sort of reference, but there are turnips in this game, so maybe there are some more references to old Mario games that we don't really know about yet. But I think they really need to touch on that, so I think that just would enhance the experience overall. And if it's an Odyssey, I mean, you really can pull kind of, you know, from the weirder Mario games, couldn't you? Yeah. Without uh, breaking oh, yeah. the. I think they have a lot, a lot of freedom. Yeah. So I'm pretty excited. There's those rabbit characters. We don't know what they're about. They're like the Koopa kids, but oh, yeah. in the dark world, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird. But, um, you know, not. To, I hate to divert from this so fast, but with I'm just looking at the clock, and I know what we got to do. So uh, do you guys want to talk about a little Zelda first before we go? Yes. So do that. Zelda... Uh, Raise your hands, but also say it because I can't see your hands. But if you got goosebumps during that trailer, 
I did. I, I almost cried. A little bit. I didn't. Have, I didn't. Yeah, that was the, intense. The tears, but man, I got goosebumps over my whole body. It was just so good. Got, yeah, I watched the trailer like so many times. I've only seen it through twice all the way, and the second time I got goosebumps again. I was like, you know, I already no, I got the goosebumps. I don't need it anymore. I'm not gonna have goosebumps, and I got them again anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks so fucking amazing, guys. Like, I'm gonna check out yeah. of reality and get into this game. It just, this world looks so fantastic. I, I th- also think that this uh, this Zelda is going to have possibly the best soundtrack since Ocarina of Time. Mm. As far as like the the melodies and everything in it, because like the 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 music in the trailers so far has have been like amazing. Yeah, yeah. But just, I mean, it's you can. Well, I wonder if you can go through kind of the way that they did with the Switch and say like it's got the uh, color palette of Skyward Sword, but the melodies of Ocarina of Time, you know, and kind of go through all the series or whatever. But uh, this this looks like it's got it's got the scope, it's got the story it's got the gameplay yeah it's got the graphics uh i mean it's just this thing looks like it has it all and i, I hate to be talking up so much about it when i haven't even played it because i feel like such a phony like, you know that it's all just in my head but <laughs> but i can't Man, imagine, that michael jordan's so phony like i can't imagine how i'm wrong and how how we're all wrong you know what i mean yeah this game just looks amazing. well it's 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 going to be the zelda cycle yeah i'll 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 do you know what that is Remind all the listeners, if you would. Um, so I, I realized this uh, after Twilight Princess came out, um, is that every time a new Zelda comes out, uh, people go back to the one that came out before and say, you know what, that one wasn't so bad. This one, That one was actually better than the one that's <laughs> out now. And people are going to do that yeah. with Skyward Sword. <laughs> well, yep. good, yep, because yep. Skyward Sword needs it, it's, better it, start, it started with Majora's Mask. When Wind Waker came out, because uh, Ocarina of Time was like so like big and and uh, like great that people Everyone automatically it. said it's a it's a masterpiece. And then when Majora's Mask came out, it was like, oh, this isn't isn't as good. And then when Wind Waker came out, they're like, you know what, Majora's Mask was actually pretty good. <laughs> and then Twilight Princess came out, you know what, Wind Waker was actually pretty good. <laughs> wow. So it's going to be like that. I see. So you don't. So think- they're they're. I think people are going to love it. I think it's going to have really good ratings, but people are going to say it's overrated mm. until the next Zelda game. <laughs> Fair enough. Because it always happens with console Zeldas ever ever since Majora's Mask. But I mean, so mm-hmm. are we? Uh, I guess are we all getting it on day one then? Yes. And what are we getting it for? Yes. Are Switch. We Switch. Yep. Switch. Switch for you, Grant. Uh, Switch and Wii U. Oh, you're crazy! You're a madman. Yeah, I, I'm, I'll get it for Wii U eventually because I I want to get all Nintendo published games. Oh yeah, I just heard about that wow. endeavor. That is quite the. Uh, the I've got one fifth of them right now. <laughs> and it's like what nine hundred games? No, it's uh, like around six hundred sixty something right now. Hmm. Wow. If you can find them at a yard sale for a buck each, I don't know. Good luck to you. Yeah, I I hope I can get You're it. You crazy quickly. man! You crazy. Post that. I can, I can maybe do it. Like it's going to be harder for some of the some of the uh, much more expensive ones, like Pokemon Box and Earthbound. I still don't have Earthbound. Hmm. You can get it. It just is going to cost you some money. 
Yeah, I know. I want to find it, though. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, but with Zelda, uh, we'll all find it shortly. Um, are we Are we getting the bigger uh, special or master editions? I stopped myself from doing it, because I never buy special editions. Okay. Uh, Grant? Uh, yeah, special edition. I wanted to get the master edition, but they didn't have them when I went to pre-order. Mm-hmm. So I got the biggest one I could have that I could get mm-hmm. because I clearly have no self control. Okay, Joe. Uh, I haven't pre-ordered one yet, and okay. I don't know if that's going to make it tough to get them at launch. But it's largely because I just we haven't decided. I think it's going to be. Uh, I don't know. I don't know which one I want. And then there's always going to be the influence of which one Amy wants, and she tends to really get uh, attracted to like you know novelty statues and yeah. things that get included well, and that, stuff. So that'd we'll be see. the master edition. Then I, I have a special edition pre-ordered. Yeah, mainly for the soundtrack, which sure I could probably find rip it, you know rip it from somebody, uh, or it'll be on YouTube the day of. Um, but it's got the the cloth map, which you know who knows how good a quality that is. But um, the special edition I got because I couldn't get the master, like like uh, others had. It, it went it went live on Amazon at like three thirty in the morning or whatever. So it's like I finally went to bed that day or that night, and um, you know I already missed my chance. And special edition came out, so I was able to get that. Um, but from what I saw in the treehouse, the master sword that's the only difference between the special and the master editions did not look as as nice as you'd think. Um, so that's my own justification to not spend the extra 30 bucks on that one and try to find it. So I'm, I'm content with the, uh, 80 some bucks I'm paying after my discount from Amazon for the uh, special edition, but I think, uh, it deserves a little more money in that sense. Plus I really do love game soundtracks and, and this, you know, paleo said, yeah, uh, I think this is going to be a special soundtrack for sure. I, I hope they sell the soundtrack separately because I, I do want it. Well, if they do that, I hope it's like the full expanded soundtrack because I think this, the track that comes or the CD that comes with the game will only be like twenty four tracks, and All I'm right. sure there's got to be more music, music than that. Yeah, but, uh, and I hope that like five. I'm sure somebody tracks. will will rip the the songs from the game anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah. That I mean, right now you can go on on YouTube. I know there's like a playlist of like three hundred Skyward Sword songs because they've got like every chime, every everything. You know. Yeah. Um, and God bless those people who do it. I really do appreciate. I don't know, I guess, the legalities I'm, I'm, or ethics of that, but it's awesome for us. I'm, I'm just really super hyped for Zelda, so I've been playing through the console Zeldas. I'm on Links of the Past right now, and I'm going to go all the way up to, um, well, Twilight Princess, because I don't have Skyward Sword anymore. Oh, man, you got to re-get it, huh? Yeah, I do got to re-get that. So, you have, like, five weeks to beat all those? That's quite the endeavor, but it's possible. Are yeah. you gonna Are you gonna beat uh, Ocarina of Time and then Ocarina of Time? Majora's Mask. You gonna do that? Um. Oh no, no, not not like that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. But uh, do you have the 3D versions? No, no, I don't. They are. Good. That's another the, a few others that I need to get. They are good additions. Um, I can tell yeah. you. Yeah, I do have the HD versions of a Wind Waker and Twilight Princess though. So, and I, I'll I'll probably have my Elgona capture card by then. So I want to stream those. Mm-hmm. Do you have Ocarina of Time Master Quest on GameCube? No, I don't. That, that, that... No, I do. I do have somebody sending me the collector's um, GameCube uh, edition of like the 
the the Zelda collection. They had like the Wind Waker oh, demo nice. on it. Yeah. Man, they they really needed the virtual console, didn't they? Because they just had so many freaking like special packages with like the ROM on it. Yeah. But they just kind of needed to sell it centrally. But um, alas, we've we've run out of time. So uh, I know you know we didn't get into Zelda too much, but I think there's not much more we can say right now. When uh, a we don't know much about the game because Nintendo's done a great job at keeping it you know kind of mum. Thank thankfully they have because. The second, I mean, no offense to you know Game Explain or any of those guys, but the second that that's revealed, bam, thumbnails. Here's the all twenty nine bosses, and it's just in your face, and it's hard to avoid that shit, you know, and enjoy twenty nine bosses. That's a lot. Well, in other games, you know what I mean, but like, yeah, uh, and you know, the, the thumbnails never hide good stuff. You know, it's always obviously right yeah. in your face. So it's kind of a disappointment the way the internet can ruin shit. So it's nice that Nintendo's kept uh, things secret. I think it's important that we play this at launch to make sure that we do enjoy it to our fullest extent, I suppose. But uh, very exciting. Yeah. And um, for me, it probably goes... I'm going to sleep till then. You might want to, though, <laughs> because uh, then you'll be well-rested. Imagine Paleo getting Zelda and then just passing out on top of it <laughs> for like two days straight. I'll just put myself in a cool. coma then. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and so then you... have a voice wake you, Paleo, wake up. <laughs> Open your eyes. <laughs> Open your eyes, yeah. <laughs> and it's just there's an old man in your house, and you start freaking out a little bit. But, um, <laughs> although it's a woman's voice that does that. But uh, Anyway, so, uh, yeah. So, hey, guys, we'll cut it short here. Um, I don't know how long the runtime is. Maybe it's not short. But, uh, but hey, thanks for your time. You know, Grant, Paleo, I appreciate you guys coming on the show. Thank you. Helio, it's good to have you back. It's been a while. Grant, uh, you've been on more recently, but hey, you know, I really appreciate when you can come on and and uh, give us your perspectives and everything. And uh, Joe, thank you for co-hosting as always. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Um, hit us up on social media. Hit us up on Negative World. Or don't. Just play Nintendo. Support Nintendo. <laughs> a lot of good stuff. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, just you guys have a good night, and uh, we're only five weeks away, so get hyped. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>